0: The Steve Dangle Podcast, powered, powered by, by Sports, Sports Interaction.
1: interaction. Wanna bet? Spaghetti.
2: <laughs> Woo! P- the Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wild, and Jesse Blake. Let's
1: go! Wow. You've been to a party, but you've never been to a party like Vegas' Stanley Cup party.
2: That ever is the drunkest I've ever seen NHL players at a sanctioned event.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen anybody that drunk. Like that is just that was crazy. Oh, I wouldn't ah, go that no, far. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I've seen you pretty drunk. That ah, I <laughs> Jesse, know. that drunk. I've seen you a little bit lit up, but not. I like, have. I have. Not you, like. I, not I, like. I know I when have. you've seen me very drunk. You. I was at your bachelor party. Adam was already football. asleep. Yeah. Oh, that's, I, I fell yeah, asleep first, and that's yeah. when our friend pissed in the kitchen
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> um, it, took, it took a bit to get adam to his bachelor party because he was asleep uh-huh
2: adam had to be coaxed <laughs> out of bed i was so sick at his bachelor party I yeah so I, I don't give a shit yeah sick i know just like i was like fire.
1: okay fine let's fight let's go and i don't do any fun drugs so it didn't you know a lot of people be like let's let's do that and then we'll get we'll party and who cares but i don't do any of those
2: imagine so. if one of us had been like do cocaine <laughs> Nose fears let's go. bing. oh, nose. did um, uh, that
0: make us uh, about what we're about to talk about? Well, listen, play. I okay. He so said, i be sure.
2: elbow dropped Adam many times, yes. until he got out of bed because he decided he didn't want to do that. No, we'd
1: be right in line with the hockey play. It was the right call. It was the right call. Now, listen, we got a, uh, we had to, uh, we got to talk <laughs> Sorry, about this. Guys. William Carlson's speech made the weekend. Now, most of the feeds that I found were on. Um uh we're on like the TV feeds like people are just reposting the you know the local news or whatever so we can't run those but Jesse Granger somehow has a video from from down there and um he um got a, a good chunk of the best parts of the William Carlson speech so Jesse's going to bring that up and again it's not from your local news station so don't copyright strike us for god's sakes here we go yeah. yelling at the copyright autobot doesn't help it does <laughs> thank it you help.
2: in fact it probably triggers it <laughs> yeah. I it no. probably hears its name That's, it's like whoa. all right i need to activate play it. fester or whatever <laughs> you <laughs> rang you <laughs> called <March>. me up <laughs> here This is the first time I've heard William Carlson's voice.
0: You guys are so
2: amazing. We played every song on the first game. they am get the shit out
1: of them. <laughs> he almost looks naked with those shorts. He is naked. No
2: But that's okay. Someone tries to take the mic off. Oh, yeah. Now he's like, no, this is my A.M. time.
0: Been up and down
1: on this journey. Oh my, God. he has beer all over car. his shorts. Oh yeah. I like, hope so. Hard. I hope it's beer. Um, okay, so Jesse, I just forwarded you another one. William Carlson gave another speech that nobody's talking about. It was on top of a bus on the parade ride over to the thing <laughs> i just thought maybe you should hear it because he is having a night who's this from uh this is from matt or pitt underscore matt too on on twitter he's a vegas fan pittsburgh fan uh but he it's it, it's up on uh dave dave ord's 1982 tiktok account that's dave ord you good know size. well-known guy good i well, was recrediting the right people yeah dave dave thanks dave here Thank we go you. You deserve- he still had his shirt at this point yes William Carlson yeah which you know I mean like listen I just thought it was kind of cool to to turn back the clocks when he had his shirt on and his pants were dry (laughs) yeah uh you know I think that's but it did remind me of this and I don't know if you guys remember the most cringe Stanley Cup parade moment that I've ever seen and again this is from a guy who deserved if you win the cup you can be as cringe as you want okay so I'm not dissing him but the most cringe moment I can remember Jesse I have the video. I I, I don't want to look because okay. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, do you have any guesses? I can't think of any like real cringe. Getting moments? on the mic and
2: just... Whoa. Um, uh, I can only think of like Marshan was like when he would drunk. Black, 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 <laughs> black and yellow, black and yellow. Is that it? Black and yellow, black and yellow. Pass it. What's up? Black and yellow, black and yellow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Boston. Thank you. That was him and Berger. That song on. is for Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. This
1: song is for Pittsburgh. It's for the pay, uh, the Steelers.
2: Wiz Khalifa
0: made a song for Pittsburgh. You can't just steal it.
1: Yeah, they can. They did all playoffs that year. That was the 2011 Cup run. How do you oh not just God. blast
2: shipping up to Boston? Or was that song maybe not out yet? Yeah, no. That was when out. did the Departed come out? That
1: was out. Yeah, that I was don't know. out.
2: Now the other thing I want
1: to send you. Uh, because the, again there's so much happening here and this is according the Bleacher Report open I said this one Aiden Hill uh, got on the mic at a club in Vegas from the DJ booth and started rapping as well and I oh, thought no, you I might want to hear that I saw, I, well, I saw
2: of it I intentionally didn't you click must on it listen, so the, thank you for I'm letting I'm not me even to s- tell you the song you'll know the song you're making me sit through it no right. I know the song okay here we go here we go what you think I don't know the word Was getting taken <laughs> like Bill no, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a mix. That's
1: a remix. Uh, Doesn't he's even sound not like not even it. getting it right. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not. And the last one is uh, Zach Whitecloud running down the strip in his uh, bare feet with the Stanley Cup. And I thought you should see this. Oh, this <laughs>
2: in Vegas? In
1: Vegas, on the street. Bro,
2: you're going to burn your feet off. I
1: know. Oh I mean, it's God. at night. It's at night. So oh. it's a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. But um, I just wanted you to see. Because, you know, it reminded me a little bit of uh, like, you know, I love seeing uh, NHL players in their normal clothes. But here, here he is. Where are No sound, on, no sound on this you video. Gotta, so he's walking around. Where are your Yeah, shoes, sir? and then he runs. He runs. There he is. There he's running. Oh, 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 I dropped oh, the flip. you lost the flip. The flip. Oh, we got to go back and get it. Oh, screw it. Just take the other one off. If I'm gonna run, come on. Hey! Woo. Woo. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Let's go. So, <laughs> as you could imagine, if you're gonna have a party, you want to have it in Vegas. If you want to win a Stanley Cup, man, you know, forget everything that we ever said about players not wanting to go to Vegas. Every oh star player in the league should want to go to vape. Well, because it was sort of like, you know, if they keep lying to people flat out, it's a little bit kind of shitty, right? Because they kept moving on from guys. Oh,
2: but I think they could
1: be convinced. I'm sure that they could be lied to for that. Mm-hmm. I would take a live. <laughs> I would take a couple. Lies. Well, I'd be like, you know what? I, I understand that
2: lie. I get it. Listen, a few, a few players were treated poorly. Yes. Yeah. It's there's no denying that. But I mean, they treated this year's team like gold. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm and continue to and they try probably t- still drunk this morning wouldn't you be oh yeah mm-hmm. i would oh, oh my yeah. god yeah, hair of the dog. I'd be wearing the wig of the dog. I have a whole dog wig on top of my head. You just put a suit on. Yeah, the dog. dog suit. Okay. Do you guys remember like
0: 2015, the narrative when they're working towards getting the expansion team and everybody's talking about, okay, how is this going to work as a market? It's not one of the biggest markets in the States. You know, it's, it's yeah. near the bottom half in terms of pro sports teams. And everybody thought this, is, this team's just going to be filling their stadium with a bunch of Canadians who are down in Vegas coming. To see their team. Yeah. It's gonna be people who are on the strip. All the casinos are gonna own the tickets and they're gonna give them out to clientele as free tickets and that sort of stuff. And yep. nobody thought they could build a home market amongst home fans. You nope. know, nobody thought the residents of Vegas would care about this team. And from day one, they all rallied behind this team. And the entire thing has been homegrown. Yeah, and it's I, been incredible to see.
2: I think the fans there were really excited to have something else. Like, we all know what Vegas is known for, right? They were happy to have something else. That was local. That was theirs. Yeah, It was local, theirs. Uh, you could bring your
1: kids to. I, uh, I remember when we first talked about the potential of expansion in Vegas, and it was like the first season we ever did this show, which is 10 years ago now. And one of the things that kept getting raised as a concern on the particular radio show I was listening to that afternoon that you know, I was scribbling down prep from, like, oh, that's an interesting topic, was you know, you put a sports team in Vegas, how do you stop the players from gambling? That was the thing. Like, that was why leagues stayed out of Vegas for a long time. Because Vegas has always had the money. They've always had the money. But the thing was always like, well, if they go there, then they're just going to gamble. And, you know, I, I'm sure people gamble. But I don't think that it, 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 you know, I think the whole thing was like the Pete Rose thing. They use that as like the, your, your, your sort of your straw man. Like, well, if they go there, they're all going to be a bunch of Pete Roses and, and bet on their own games. And that was literally, I think, one of the main arguments that kept it out of Vegas forever. Because it, there's there's
2: more, there's, there's so much money there. There's, there's no so reason many, you shouldn't have every sport there. There's so much stuff to bet on. You don't have to bet on your own game. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta tell NFL players that they've been yeah, they've yeah been getting caught yeah. red-handed yeah. They left they got and right. Do. One thing with the Golden Knights too is there was a big thing. Uh, for them big advantage for them being the first team in there mm-hmm. you know they got to be the first pro sports team ever in vegas and you get that head start and then they bring in the aces and then they bring in the raiders so the
2: then, aces were after
0: yeah the that's aces, what i was
2: trying to look up
0: the aces yeah. uh, moved over to las vegas in 2018 so uh the golden knights had this advantage they're the first ever pro sports team in this city you know huge
2: advantage being first yeah look at that you know we always talk about How the NHL is a follower league. They were first on Vegas. You know what? Hats off to the league. And
0: in, I don't know. Five ish years, they're gonna have all four. Mm-hmm. Like, they're gonna get the Oakland A's, Isn't they're going over in two yep. years, and they already got the hockey team. Uh, the NBA is looking to expand there, they're, and then they already have the Raiders. So, the NHL kudos to them for identifying that market and being able to take that risk to go over there and see how much of a s- success it
1: is. It's probably their greatest success story in the last, in terms of yep. business business-wise the greatest success story in the NHL in the last decade. There's I think you, it it has, Vegas. it has eclipsed the Coyotes in terms of its goodness versus <laughs> bad. <laughs> you and, could say Gary Bettman's best achievement is expansion. Oh yeah. The teams quite. and the markets he's gone to, that's been his greatest success. Well, so I'll give him full credit for that because the the thing is, is that when he took over the NHL, the prevailing thought was this is the most amount of teams you can have. I think there was 22. And he he was like, "Well, no." Really? And they were like, "Well, no, no there's not enough like if you if you keep and I've seen this argument again and again and again, which is so stupid. And it's um, if you keep expanding the league, um, the, uh, the 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 player quality will be watered. It now. dilutes. The yeah. And, and here's the problem is that when they did expand the league, it sort of set that up because you remember the Ottawa Senators when they came in, the San Jose Sharks, when they came in, came under draconian rules in terms of how they could collect players and they had no farm system and they had no coaching staff and no budget. And then you had a bit of an upgrade around like the turn of the millennium when you had uh, Columbus, Minnesota, Atlanta, and Nashville come in. But even then you're getting best player on your roster is at best a third line center.
2: Yeah. They, someone real smart. I'm glad they brought in someone real smart said, Hey, what if we don't shovel shit down the throats of a new fan and make them for a solid, decade half decade decade
1: well how long was it before any of those teams made the playoffs like atlanta almost never did i think they made it once one time in
2: florida i want to say was three years and that was everyone was like holy shit yeah the florida panthers how did they do it Yeah, and then they didn't do anything
0: for 20 years yeah
2: Yeah, no they made the final in 96 and then were
1: and it was just the scott melby show baby um Maybe. and then and then I think you know like you look at the the foursome that came in the Columbus, Atlanta, um Minnesota, and Nashville. And I think Minnesota would be the the quickest to make the playoffs,
2: but it wasn't pleasant. Nashville might have the Minnesota's the only one who made it any sort of distance. And then, and then only Nashville. one of them's been to a final.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even now. But Even Nashville's now. been such a successful market. Oh, it's for, been incredible for hockey.
1: You but but there the, was a the the time was where it market. wasn't.
0: Right. Right. The thing that he's he got wrong in the whole situation was not setting these teams up for success. He put the teams in the right market. I think we can all agree with that. Like there's 32 pretty good markets right now. Even, even Arizona, it's they can't figure out their stadium, but it's a great hockey market.
2: Yeah. Like, Which who, is why they won't let them leave. Exactly. It, Thomas Strand, sometimes you just need something tweaked a certain way, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, the second you take the coyotes out of Arizona, you're going to be looking for ways to put them back in Arizona. Yeah, yes. So... All, all right let's figure this out but you need a damn building mm-hmm.
0: that's why it's like if San Diego gets the team like if Arizona moves San Diego the next expansion franchise would just be Arizona I they guess. just need to put it in, so, Air,
1: in in Scottsdale or Phoenix I think it's got to be yeah in, they just need a fix which it. is but right next to each other the point is like they they got 32 great
0: franchises right now it's just when they get into the league the thing Gary didn't realize is that you need to set them up for success right. so that the new markets have a team a good team to root for and finally how many years into his run 80 four years he's been running the NHL now. So like <laughs> something like 108 that, yeah. years old. Um, he finally figured it out with Vegas. And make Seattle. It, make it easy. And then Seattle got similar, the, the, the exact same uh, rules as Vegas did. And look how successful these franchises are. Yep. Seattle is already amongst the top 10
1: uh, money-generating teams in the NHL. That's incredible. Whoa. That is sp- yeah. And you know what they had, too? The, the thing that made Vegas and Seattle spectacular is they didn't, uh, earlier on, I think, in the NHL's life, they didn't really have, and Gary has had some terrible, I wouldn't call it luck. I think he's done terrible vetting with certain owners. And uh, in the last 10 years or so, the business side of the NHL has solidified to the point where, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, franchise values have 10x in the last 10 years. And and we could see that specifically with the Tampa Bay Lightning, who were purchased for like close to 100 million bucks 10 years ago. And now they're worth 1.14 billion. Um, I think the... I think the interesting part is that when they were trying to bring these teams in now, Coyotes are a different one because they were not an expansion. They were a moved franchise, right? That franchise existed. But a lot of these guys were like, OK, well, let's get the franchise off the ground and then we'll build an arena later. And they just never did. Like the, the Thrashers are a perfect example of a team that, you know, you're, you're sort of piecing these arenas together. I think Nashville didn't start in their current arena. Wasn't that
2: kind of an older way of doing it? Like, yes. what, weren't the Blue Jays like that?
0: Yep. Yeah, they that were. at exhibition stadium for all
2: and the Raptors. Teams, it was though. sort of like, well,
1: here you Raptors. go. Here's Raptors your, played in Skydo. Here's your yeah.
2: team. Good fucking luck. Yeah. That's
1: literally what it was. And now you've got groups like the Oakview group who are behind the scenes working with Gary and going, okay, Here's what, here's, we have a viable city. We must build the arena so that the fan experience is such that they'll want to come back and respend with us. Yeah, from day one, you need
0: to be set up to go and run for the next 20 years. And Steve, you you nailed it. That was the 90s way of building pro sports teams across all the major sports. And a bunch of them tanked. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you go in this old-ass building that probably houses a different pro sports team, and then
2: you figure out your stadium along the way. And as long as we're talking about... uh Expansion teams that took a long time to get off the ground. Oof, the Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, the Raptors. How, they do you were,
0: play, how do you play in a fucking baseball stadium? They
2: played in a baseball stadium because <laughs> they couldn't put they them didn't in the garden. When shit. No. Forever.
1: They were bad. They were for bad for them. how and, long? And they built they built Scotiabank Arena for the Raptors, and the Leafs just happened to move in. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And how long was the Raptors not even beating Philadelphia? Almost beating Philadelphia. Oh yeah! How long was that like the crowning achievement of the franchise?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that second round almost victory was Vince every, Carter. That was the shot. it. Yeah, it was, that was like a quarter franchise. century
2: before their first championship. Yeah, so their yeah.
0: biggest success was having Vince Carter win the slam dunk competition. Like that's the franchise yeah. the
2: biggest so achievement. True and also pathetic. Yeah. Oh, and a regular season win against the Bulls. Oh yeah, the first year, yeah. <gasps> <gasps> yeah, no, it's the radical idea that wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Let's have it so that there's more teams, but we don't automatically make some of those teams shit. Yes. <laughs>
1: and Vegas is like look at look at the fan radical. support. Uh, look at the the show that they put on and what I love about Vegas is they've already become a leader in terms of entertainment value in in terms of like what you need to do I I look at the lease in arena experience and I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you part of the reason it's so sleepy in there part of it's the expense of the seats I get it but part of it was it was just like they had the same goal song for twenty five years. Yeah. They they had well, it's it's Luke's troops. Oh, now it's Luke's troops, and now it's Leafs troops. And like you know, they they don't they even doing something like honoring service people who you know had served the country mm-hmm. was just sort of like well, you know that's the way we've always done it. So let's just do it that way. And they've they've last in the last five to ten years, especially since Shanny's got there. Full credit to him. That has elevated. They've got the next gen games. They've got fun stuff. You There's know, so they, much more. they can Absolutely. Oh, you know. oh, yeah. oh like, more. Like oh, I've seen yeah. a game in Vegas. It's
2: 10 times better. So I think two things happen at once. And it gave the league a bit of a shot in the arm. The Predators went to the Stanley yeah. Cup final. And then a couple months later, Vegas makes their debut uh, on the ice in the NHL. And everyone who covered them talked about how fun. Fun it was, and everyone sort of went. Should we? Wait, 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 wait! Here, here, here. Huh. here getting close, getting close. You're not going to believe this. Should we have fun? I let's
1: don't know. Let's do
2: it. I don't know. Let's let's fucking
1: have fun. Now let's just play some classic rock in between plays.
2: No. <laughs> Here's, no. here's Thunderstruck again this game. <laughs> Let's do it. No, Wes McCauley <laughs> doing the fighting. That's the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen.
1: And a top 10 list in between the periods and maybe mm. some Timbits hockey, which uh, I do like. I love the Timbits hockey. Timbits hockey is oh, the best. Bulls
2: going to play in, in the, the big, big league. league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see
1: Everly and Leo in Timbits hockey. Oh, like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although Everly's going to take a little bit of time, Leo's already onto it. Whereas, like Ev, Ev's afraid of it. You said Everly's a girl, girly girl. She's a she's a girl's in the girl in that sense. sense it, of the term, yeah. And I know that's like out of uh, out of fad to say that, but like I can't help what she likes. She likes uh, she loves to swim, but she likes rainbows and unicorns and things like that. And I'm like, how about hockey? And she's like, how about Frozen? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're on the same, we're, like, we're There's ice involved. I'm in. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, we're working on it. We're Leo's going to
2: pitch it. for the Blue Jays. There you go. Right Good. Up. I love that. His, <laughs> his national sport is whipping shit. <laughs> Very across ambitious. the room and everywhere. Just... <laughs>
0: Uh, and, anyway, and he just those, the, it. Those like finals just, in Nashville, we were down there. We saw a game when they had the Stanley Cup final. Like that changed things. Great. The way they, they had a um,
1: college football atmosphere to their games with the well, champs. And tell me game. the Vegas guys, because that was right before they weren't watching that. Oh yeah. They had to have been watching that. Yeah.
2: And, and we gotta to top that. And weirdly, this year's draft is in Nashville. Next year's draft is in Vegas. And that's not an accident.
1: I think it's a competition.
2: It's well, it's not. Oh well, it's your turn, and now it's your turn. No, like it's a party. Well, can
1: hold on though. Mm. What? What? We're going to the draft next week. Yeah. Uh, Nashville is a party, so that lends yeah. itself. But so is Montreal. And yep. yes, the everything around the draft in Montreal was really fun. Yes. except for the draft. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. the most I can remember from the actual draft is Shane Wright falling and me talking about my feed on Twitch.
2: Oh, you forgot about day two when day two, which is already boring, the Wi-Fi went out. Oh, (laughs) not not the Wi-Fi, the the. Cellular signal for the entire region. No, for half the country. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was. Rogers just went down. They
2: announced. I I can't remember exactly what it was, but they announced over the speaker like, hey, if you want to like call a team or make a trade or whatever, you got to use the landlines Mm -hmm. provided to you, which no one was doing. Yep. But all the I I, like I should have taken a closer look at like the old GMs fumbling around like what the fuck? Probably had no idea how to use the thing, or maybe it was the younger GMs who had no idea. Right, Kyle Dubas like, what the fuck is a landline? You know, trying to figure mm-hmm. it out, and I'm trying to. Jesus Christ, I have a late first rounder. I have to trade it for two seconds. <laughs> I remember we <laughs> were and, walking, and you just couldn't do it.
0: We were walking back to our place, and I had Bell. So my phone still works. And only somebody one. stopped us on the street. This girl stopped me, stopped us on the street. And she's like, can you help me find where I'm going? And I, had to, I just Google Maps and I had to give her directions on where she had to go meet her friends and stuff. Because she couldn't figure it out.
2: She didn't have GPS. Drew and I used the hotel Wi-Fi to book an Uber to the restaurant we were going to. Yeah. And then you guys – or no, thank God you guys hadn't left. Because, we were outside, yeah. Because uh, when we were going to leave, we're like, oh, how do we – shit how do we how do we do anything how do we do anything how do we get an uber how do we whatever and there, we couldn't find a cab so yeah we ended up i think clown carning it with.
1: <laughs> yeah we all squeezed in <laughs> oh my god it's it's and it's not on the montreal canadians they always put on a good show it's just the way the nhl does things it's like oh yeah how do we put on a bad suit and put on a bad show one thing i've kind of noticed that since the pandemic the
0: nhl has been like okay we need to keep this momentum going and generate as much revenue as we can. So let's play the hits. And they've gone Vegas um, All Star Game. They've gone Montreal Draft. They're going Toronto, Toronto Draft. All Star Game. Nashville Draft. Vegas Draft. Like they're just okay. We can only go to these big spots.
2: Seattle's gonna get one.
0: Seattle yep. eventually, yeah. And it I think was part of the deal, Florida was promised pre-pandemic or something like that. Um, so that's why they always had it.
2: I want to say Florida's was delayed because Montreal's was delayed or something. Something like that. Like yeah. that.
0: But I feel like they're just going to keep going to these, these destination places. Like, why couldn't they just keep the draft in a couple for a couple years in Vegas?
2: There's nothing wrong with the hits, man. Every year people like them.
0: Every year the NBA draft holds theirs in New York. That's just where it is. Why wouldn't they just keep going back to these same places?
2: It, it, listen, you know, sometimes they'll put a young player on the bench or in the press box and they'll be like just watch. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully the rest of the league goes, "Oh shit. Okay, let me let me take some notes. <laughs> Make it fun." Yeah. And then they have a shitload of fun. Hopefully, you know, go to a different market who else? I I'm I would go to Dallas. Oh yeah. What would fun. it be like in nice. Dallas? Yeah. I'd be interested to see it. I'd be thrilled. I, I'd be thrilled to see Arizona just to see how the fuck they pull Well, it, they, off. it would be in a tent <laughs> outside. May- no, well, no. If they
1: do Arizona, no, like, on a, and I don't mean you, that as a bad.
2: Thing. I think that could be Scottsdale. Like, if uh, you're doing the draft, uh, like, you host the draft. Is, is in that a golf deal? course? Well, like, so come on. <laughs> the, a five thousand seat arena is actually a better venue for the draft. Well, that's why the NFL does it that
1: way, and so does the NBA. They do it in a theater. Mm-hmm. They don't do it in a fucking hockey rink. They it's there's like two hundred or no, no two thousand people max in that place. They
2: own the hockey rink.
1: Yeah, so they don't have to pay for it. Yep. Oh, I know.
2: <laughs> I know.
1: Cheaper. But like in Nashville, if you're gonna do it in Nashville, would you want to do it at the Grand Ole Opry? Like one of the most I don't, I don't like that's that's what, a neat idea. In terms of country music, it's the place to play. Oh yeah, right. It's it's like um, uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but like uh, there is there are very few venues that have that classic old world sort of feel to them and the, the acoustics are great it's like akin to massey hall in toronto without you know the yeah. gigantic legacy if you were
2: going to do it in toronto wouldn't you want to do it like on a float at taste of the Danforth? yeah <laughs> Fuck. yeah no you could, i would you could
1: do it like it you could do it in toronto at, at like massey you could do it at the budweiser stage like it could be something fun right no. budweiser,
0: stage. budweiser
1: stage would be sick the players would yeah uh, the gms
0: would be pissed why there's no way that's a good avenue for having a draft. Well, you Why want not? people
2: there. You want people there. The last show I saw there was Slipknot, so I would watch that between picks. That would be sick. Picks I'd one, have one through five. <laughs> five. They're big hockey fans. Slipknot. Picks <laughs> <laughs> six through ten. <laughs> Alexis on fire.
1: Where would the floor go? Well, you just have it on the stage, and then the fl- like. Here's no, the like thing. Where would all the GMs? Don't and their bring staff them. Sit. Don't bring them.
2: Have no, Have you, Gary. What?
1: No, no, man. I'm out, I'm out on this idea. No, so the NBA You're doesn't have GMs on stage. And you lost it. The NBA does not have GMs on stage.
2: I don't
1: know. No, but they have a floor. They make their call, though. They have, like, all their table. And the NFL makes the call. No, I, I think they have it behind the scenes. That's where all the tables are. That's where the draft pick sits. That's where the teams are. They're not on camera. Or they're on camera, but they're not... In the show, because they're fucking boring. And the way the draft lottery is decided is by feats of strength. You have to call in your pick. I like that a lot better because then it's like, you know, you see, you see, like, then you see, like, it goes to like, here's the Dallas Cowboys. They're gonna call their next draft. Are you ready to be a Dallas Cowboy, son? Yeah. You know what I mean? like That's, that's how they, it works. They I that. saw
2: the Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> Draft day. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's called. That's a, that a TikTok. Weird movie. Never told me.
1: That's a movie that could have been really good, and it just sort of. I don't think it could have. Didn't land the ending. <laughs> I thought. I think you could do a, a good movie about a draft.
2: Yeah, a documentary. No, I think you could have. It's just that at the end, it had to be a love story. I'm I like, just, I want one team to mm-hmm. lose their mind, to just lose their mind, abandon all judgment, and just document their entire draft weekend and release it completely like unvetted unedited <laughs> all the phone calls I just want someone to fuck up well the reason that they haven't
1: that. done that since is because I don't think Peter Shirelli's reputation's ever recovered from from his like that was too close every other team's like I'll never do that I they don't didn't want, even
2: argue Tyler Sagan was bad it was, it was just, just like, he does he fit the culture
1: <laughs> and he's just 21 and partying
2: yep he's just sort of
1: being a 21 year old guy yeah no, I know I, it's weird. Uh, that's weird. It's weird. I don't think like, but when, when you go back to the way they reason through things, that kind of access, they'll never give that again, ever. And I get why because you look terrible in retrospect. And and the thing is with the draft is specifically is that there are guys who are like, that's our fucking guy. Cable. And then, but then there's always a guy in the third round who scores 500 goals over the course of his career. And you're like, how come he didn't know?
2: No one would have criticized Shirely and Jim Benning and all the other guys in that video had they made a really good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. The reason we clown on them is they made a dumbass shitty point. They just, just flat out say you don't like the guy.
1: Stop rationalizing it. We don't like Tyler Sagan. We're going to trade him. He was late for breakfast. Well, they, Ouch. they there was that story that they had to hire a security guard to make sure he didn't leave his room to go party.
2: Yeah. I don't know if that's true. That sounds made up. That sounds like one of those purple monkey dishwasher, you know, broken telephone. You think so? Store. Yeah. We have to ask some what people. But they know. hired a and he banging on the door. Like,
1: oh. <laughs> I'd loved it. Maybe we should email that guy from the Bruins and be like, hey, just add <laughs> the guy was like, We'll pass. Thanks. <laughs> but can you just tell us about Tyler Sagan a decade? It's a decade ago. Who cares? Is no. the security
2: guard thing <laughs> real or is it fake? Steve, was I was it think, you or are you the security man?
0: I think it's true.
2: You think it's true? Yeah, yeah. I've,
0: I've heard it from somebody who oh, probably would wouldn't lie about that story. Whoa. Yeah,
1: no, it's, a, <laughs> it's a true
2: story. Okay. All right. Are we just spilling tea? Are we just talking shit? Well, you actually Let's have shit. There's
1: more shit to talk, actually. Oh, my God. In, coming up because Steve has some intel on the Leafs uh, coaching situation. Also, we need to talk about Vitaly Mitchkoff, who we have not talked about. It's um, Vitaly Mitchkoff, Mich- isn't it? Matvey. Matvey. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, Mitchkoff. <laughs> um... <laughs> a lot of fucking names out there man no uh, but good. first let's get to you can bet that because you can you can
0: bet that with david Bastel. brought to you by sports interaction get in the action and make a play 19 plus please play responsibly
1: so um the nhl draft is coming up like we talked about now you can uh check out that's bet, that's- bet that oh, you can <laughs> bet that sportsinteractioncom slash sdpn who will be the second overall pick and who will be the third overall pick? So
2: I thought about sprinkling on this.
1: The favorite was is Adam Adam Fantilli, uh at 1.14. So if you put two bucks down, you will get 28 cents back. Yeah, but um, Leo Carlson, though. Leo car. So I was gonna ask you about Leo Carlson. Uh because uh, his his odds are at six point four five. Six and a half times your money.
2: So man. See, what what's got me? Wondering about either the second pick or the third pick is last year. Mm-hmm. That was chaos. The Shane Wright. Well, and that was nothing like what it was projected to be. But we sort
1: of smelled it coming a little bit in the weeks leading up. There was a little question in about like Shane the Wright
2: day leading up. Well, yeah, question with Shane Wright.
1: Right. There's no question. So we know what. But we know it's Bedard. But but. Yeah, <laughs> but the second overall. There's you a reason can't, you can't bet on that. You can actually bet on that. You could bet Connor being the second overall pick at 91. Oh,
2: oh second overall. No, can I bet on him being first though?
1: No. Oh, I. Want, you can't bet on anyone being first because <laughs> they know.
2: I wanted five cents. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. No. Uh. Because last year I think it was Corey Pranman with like a day to go before the draft it was like, yes, yeah, Lefkosky one, Nemech 2, Cooley three, and Wright four. And it was so not what the projections were at all. that it had like, been
1: Shane Wright for two years.
2: Yeah, I was like, yeah, 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 shut up. And then some of the like bigger insiders were like, yeah, I'm hearing that. I think Kevin Weeks said that as well. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the crowd reacts because they have the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. And bless the crowd in Montreal, they went, okay, no matter who they pick, we're going to cheer. But there was a split second you could tell they were like, "Holy shit!" Ah! They all thought it was Shane Wright. Shane Wright signed Habs jerseys. Holy crap! Some guy has one. Some
1: guy has a Shane Wright Habs. Jersey. Wouldn't it be interesting if Shane Wright turns out to be the better overall player than your Ioslavsky?
2: <laughs> Certainly, it would, would be, be
1: fascinating. Ultimate revenge for him.
2: It's it was the closest draft I can compare it to. I would say is twenty eleven. 2011 there wasn't really a consensus first overall pick and there was a lot of confusion uh in the top four I want to say that was the one no Sam Bennett slipped to he was he was a potential number one mm-hmm. and then he slipped to four in 2014. There, there were a couple drafts like that 2011 and 2014. usually it's one two three you know it's pretty solid. This year it's a mess, so, so that, that's why I'm thinking maybe Leo Carlson.
1: So Leo Carlson, if you bet Leo Carlson uh, over Adam Fantilli, it's six uh, six times six and a half times your money. But if you bet him to the third overall pick, it's one and a half times your money, basically. So one one thing that is very interesting though is Will Smith, Big Willie style. Mm-hmm. Um, he is projected to go in the top five. Question mark. Slap somebody on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't. I I hope the Chris draft. Rock is draft. Instead of accepting his jersey. <laughs> he's gonna go. um, so it, it's interesting with Will Smith's thing because he, if if he doesn't go second overall, uh, third or overall, um, Sports Interaction has him at a six four six. Um, but it all kind of comes back to Mitchkov, right? Because if you have him as I think if he, if things were normal in that situation, I mean, normal by you're playing by the NHL's rules and you're doing exactly what we tell you to do, I think it's not unfair to think that Mitch Koff could be challenging Adam Fantilli for second. I'm trying to... I can't think of a comparable. Um, and you have more on Mitch Koff later in the show anyway. Yes, I do. Don't go the, into the, it now, but... The
2: closest I can think of is um, Cam Fowler. Okay. I can't remember which year that was, but he was supposed to go Third. And he dropped to 12. And that's the sort of talent we're talking about with Mitch Top three talent. No idea where he's going to go.
1: So, yeah, you can check all that stuff out at uh, uh, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Uh, The betting favorites to go third overall, Leo Carlson at 169. Will Smith at 302. And Mitch at 646. Also, you can bet Adam Fantilli to go third overall. So, uh, at an eight, uh, eight and a half times your money.
2: Oh man.
1: That's a tough one. Oh. Although it's hard to believe that that he would he would do that. That
2: that's ridiculous. I might go one dollar, Steve. Would you? Yeah, maybe. They
1: have these bets on
0: Sports Interaction where you can do over under like a player's draft position. Mm-hmm. I saw
2: that. That's really neat.
0: Yeah. Uh Nate Danielson, six two, right-handed center, big dude. He was 185 pounds, but he's gonna grow into he'll, it. He'll get bigger. You can bet him to be over or under uh nine and a half in the draft position i think he's going to be a top seven ish pick it's a good bout this is value
2: important where is he from
0: uh he played for the brandon wheat kings he's red deer alberta whl
2: yeah the draft after vegas wins the cup oh yeah he's going top 10. he's, he's <laughs>
0: going top so you need it. He needs to be top nine to win mm-hmm. that bet Ooh. i think guaranteed top nine nate danielson that's what I'm putting my money
1: That's on. interesting. I like that one. Yeah. And there's a lot of them available. Again, I get, we'll, we'll go, go through them uh, leading up to the draft as well. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Coffee cult, baby. But we're fired up. We're running on this. And what we love about coffee cult is that, um, first off, all of the beans are ethically sourced, right? This is a big thing. Uh, they only work with farms that pay their workers, especially women, fairly and equally. They roast their coffee as what they call roast to order. So when when Coffee Cult ships, uh, your coffee has literally just been roasted. It's not been sitting in a warehouse for several months. Mm. OK, you know that it's it's going to show up in a couple of days. Extremely fresh. Uh, you definitely want to try their dark roast. Uh, there is also the eye cracker, which I love. Uh, for- oh, I got it right here. Yeah. Eye cracker. Um, caramel, cherry and tangerine. It's kind of a cool name for coffee, actually. Eye cracker. Like, which, you know, oh, eye, that's, I, how you,
2: that's how you look when you. Yeah, this is my smelling salts.
1: <laughs> there you go I like that wave it uh, you can order at coffee with a K cult with a k.com so it's K O F F E E K U L T dot com and use the promo code S D P N love all one word to get 16% off. Coffee orders over $50 will get free shipping in the US as well. Uh, again, it's coffeecult with a K.com. Use the promo code love and get 16% off. And orders over $50 free shipping in the United States. Specialty grade Arabica coffee beans, roasted to order. It's Coffee Cult. Check it out. So uh, the question this summer after after Dubas was let go, other than the core fork, but we're de emphasizing. <laughs>
2: We're de- Whatever that means.
1: We're de-emphasizing. I'll believe it when I see it. We're de-emphasizing. It's a team.
2: Yeah. We're a team.
1: It's a team. So we're de-emphasizing. They're hiring Pierre Dorian. Uh, is, is Sheldon Keefe going to be here or not? And if he is going to be here, what kind of an extension is he going to sign? Because, you know, the Leafs can afford to sign this guy. And if they wanted to fire him mid-season or after the season, they can do that. But, uh, and you can pay him out or he'll probably just find a job somewhere else because people really like Sheldon Keefe in terms of the, like the league. The league's really interested in this guy. Um, what's the extension look like? And Steve,
2: you're confident in what? Uh, that he's staying and I don't want to like plant my flag Mm -hmm. in that. Um, the narrative with him seems to have changed recently. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, tumult and people didn't know what was going on. And I mean, after Dubas, uh, gets let go, you, I think tend to lean on the side of everyone's getting let go. Mm-hmm. Right. But the big insiders, uh, CJ, uh, Frege, everyone's sure seems to be alluding to Keith coming back. And then I had a source tell me, like, it's very, very likely he's being retained.
1: Do we know how long? Like, is this a guy that they believe in a longer term future in, or is this like a one year extension because you got to prove it?
2: I don't know about one year, but short. I'm fairly certain it's short. Okay. How do you feel about it? I mean, I, I, we sort of last show talked about this team and having a new set of eyes tinker with the Leafs because they're, they're in a position that not a lot of teams firing their GM are in. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not catastrophic. You know, I know you want them to win the cup and everything, but even if they were to take a step backward, they'd probably make the playoffs. Yep. I think I think we can all sit here and look at the core and look at, you know, the holes they have on the roster and go, despite all that, it would be a huge disappointment if they were to make the playoffs. So you're either looking at having Tre Living's eyes with that core being a little different. hmm or he could still tinker with the core, but leave the coach there because you could potentially have, you know, his feedback and Shane Doan's feedback and whoever else they bring in, not completely overhaul the way Sheldon Keefe coaches hockey, yep. but just tinker it a little bit. He's, I honestly think the adjustments Keith needs to make are not rocket science. Um, like, just some of the very small things. You know what? You have home ice advantage. Don't start your fourth line. <laughs> don't 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 start your fourth line against uh, one of the best lines in the league. You know how about you do that? Um, I I don't think it's rocket science. I need to. I think they need to play a. Do you think he galaxy brained it a little
1: too much? And that happens. Yeah. Too close to the painting. Definitely see the whole picture.
2: The 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 blessing of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization over the last few years is they have been willing to try radical stuff like remember that using four forwards on your power play hasn't been the case for that long and the Leafs were one of the first to try one of the first to try well they were one of the first to try five forwards and the reason they tried that is because it was something Keith had previously tried on the Marlies and they had argued about that and I want to say that was Justin Bourne um saying something about that because he used to be the Marlies video coach and they had screaming matches about that. And it was something that worked. There was something that didn't. Um, you don't. Oh, and uh, David Camp in overtime, which you hated, but it ended up working. <laughs> one Not time. One time. One time. But hey, one time more than they were winning. They were like one in six when that true. happened, right? Very true. In, in overtime. So um, they're willing to try new things. And I think that's great. But you don't need to be doing it in the frigging playoffs necessarily, man. Like. There, there's a reason. Sometimes there's a reason teams have been doing the same thing for a long time. It's because it's the way to do it.
1: Sometimes. Well, yeah, I, the, I like creativity. Yeah. A hundred percent. Jesse, what do you thought think about that?
0: I was just looking at Sheldon keeps coaching record and he's the winningest coach in Leafs history in terms of points percentage. That's it's
2: hard to fire.
0: It's it's how do we evaluate <laughs> that and then compare it to the playoff success, which has been one victory, uh, one round victory. Uh, This past season. And you say, okay, it's been three and a half seasons, one through a pandemic and that weird Canadian division and then the awful loss to Columbus and then two really great, the best regular seasons ever in Leafs history. And then you want to give them another shot just to figure it out like I thought they were going to do with Dubis. It's, it's kind of like, this is the Dubis decision that I thought, the, the Shanahan decision I thought he'd make on Dubis, um, And then we learned all the backstory about the power and all that. Yeah. But I thought just like, from an objective perspective, they'd give him one more shot to tinker at it. And with Sheldon Keefe, I thought he deserves another shot to tinker at it. Now that it makes even more sense now that Dubis is out because now you're going to have the guys that Dubis loved out of that lineup as well. Yeah. Now there isn't the automatic Kerfoot play, the automatic oh Kerfoot moving to everywhere in the lineup, no matter where uh, they need to the, fill a hole. Kerfoot's going to fill it. Need
2: a guy to be mediocre everywhere. Yeah,
0: he's he going to be do that. It. Like
2: There's, he, he. I don't think he was ever bad.
0: But he was mediocre. He was average. And then now there's the no automatic. Justin Hall needs to be in the lineup play. Like now that Dubis is out, it makes more sense to see what Keefe can do with a differently constructed group of guys.
2: Every, I'm excited to see it. Every coach has their guy. I'd love to know who Vegas fans are like, oh, friggin' Cassidy needs to.
1: That's enough. No, there's Dak <laughs> white cloud shift. Oh, that's
2: enough with white cloud. <laughs>
1: that's enough. No, I, 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 I would like to ask Boston fans that, though. Oh,
2: sure. I'm um, sure they these. got guys. Every Bruce has got this. <laughs> now, th- you know, it's funny because uh, the narrative with Keith has shifted within the fan base and like, I'm kind of sour on him just because of how the playoffs went and you you mentioned, oh, he hasn't on before this year. He hasn't been able to get out of the first round. And so I was thinking back to some of the losses like Columbus, well, if anyone on that Leafs team gets a mulligan, it's him, you know, join that team partway through the season, COVID layout. Okay, fine. Loses Muzzin. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Montreal. Remember how high on Sheldon Keefe we were after the Amazon documentary came out? Well, I loved his
1: speeches and his how fiery he was.
2: And then and the overtime happens in game six, and he curses out the team. Including who?
1: Hyman, Marner, Matthews.
2: Hyman, Marner, Matthews. Two of those guys are still there. And they outshot Montreal 12 to 1. Looked
0: fantastic.
2: Until Travis Dermott decided to... I don't like this. Yeah, I, I don't, don't like this. We're doing too well. I don't like it. I'm I gonna spin a, ram a backhand. I'm gonna pretend like I'm the five time WCW <laughs> champion. No, you gotta do the full thing. Do it. The five <laughs> time. There you go. Five time! <laughs> five time! Five <laughs> time! One more! Five there time it WCW champion! I need to see that highlight with the Harlem Heat. Can you dig it, sucker? And then <laughs> there bring it is. In Kasperi Kotkaniemi takes it off him and 12-1, guess what? It's 12-2. If there was any shooter other than Ilya McAv, he had their two best chances, but he was like, I'm Ilya McAv," and didn't fucking score. Anyway, so you're saying anyway, about What I'm saying... Is a lot of players yeah, sweaty <laughs> palms. so much sweat after right that round. So can can you step. see it on the screen? No, no, no it's gross. Thank anyway, God. Because
1: my hands are always sweaty and my, I'm all printy. Steve so, got a bit fired up doing the Booker team. I look project. like a
2: newt. It's Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of people in the Leafs organization let the fan base down during that series, and I just don't know if Sheldon Keefe is one of them. Mm. The Sandine Dermot thing was weird and I don't think helped, um, but I just you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it win a fucking clinching game.
0: <laughs> don't play William Nylander at center for the first time all year in the
1: playoffs. Don't do that. Like, but I think he learned his lesson.
2: Sheldon. That was
1: Sheldon. his first year, yeah. and he had no training camp and COVID. Death.
2: Oh, this might be Andreas Jonsson's last game. No, 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 no! If you put him in the lineup, you will definitely make it. Andreas Janssen's last game with the team. He's not fucking ready. What are you doing?
1: And also, did he have did that? The what I never understood about that was: did Andreas Jonsson have some long illustrious career with the Leafs? Like, what were they doing? Player the better player, which at the
2: time was Nick Robertson. So we criticized Vegas for being too ruthless with their players.
1: At we were a little too... Oh, attacking. wow. Just... And I, I I, respect and appreciate it, but it does not yield the result... Or did not, in this case, yield the results that you would have wanted. And
2: again, though, this this goes back to... I, I am fascinated, fascinated by the summer Trelliving's going to have. And I am going to be watching Dubas. I can't help it because... It really felt like he was starting to make those adjustments. Like he made the difficult decision to trade Engvall, mm-hmm. difficult decision to trade Sandine. You know, traded guys who had been here a long time. Sandine's going to be a good defenseman in this league. Yep. He's going to put up a shitload of points. He's going to make a shitload of money. And, you know, I'm open to trading parts of the core. And they said, get out of here.
1: So, uh, so all of that said, I think here's the thing. Sheldon Keefe is... By winning percentage, not games coached, but winning percentage, the winningest coached in Leafs history. He's got the best record. Now, yeah. he probably has the best lineup of any Leafs coach ever, including Pat Burns.
0: Hap Day, in terms of,
1: in Hap terms Hap of, day did his thing, though. Yo, Hap Day yeah. was, he was on fuego. Yeah. He was, but there was like eight teams, right? Yeah. Uh, six. <laughs> six teams.
2: I want one of those like trip-hop TikTok mixes of Hap Day. <laughs> I more. want, I want that. Yeah? Yeah. Like with the big beat. And they show his picture bunch of times flashing on the screen. I want to see that. Okay. Half day. Highlights. Oh, you're
0: talking like fuck it. Half day highlights.
2: Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Half day highlights. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And it's sets <laughs> a Metro boom in. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And it's just, and it's really just oh, highlights. Is that
1: babe die?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Charlie Conacher. I d- oh, I, still d- apps. D- I did see fuck it. Justin Hall highlights. And it's like yeah. him giving the puck away. Oh, him, that's him, mean, him come throwing on. it.
1: Come on, him that throwing was it was one.
2: genuinely funny. Uh, yeah, I wasn't even mad when he did it. Um, what like, year? Yeah, go to the box. Was Hap
0: Day inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame? I'm gonna say early 50s, 1942.
1: Oh. You guys overshot it a little. Okay, because yeah, I don't even know when the Hockey Hall of Fame came into existence. Six- okay, okay, okay. 61. Okay, okay. Wow, 75. I just said
0: 61. Is oh when no, no, no. The, no. When did the
1: Hockey Hall of Fame start?
0: I don't know, but he got inducted <gasps> prior to 1961. Was
1: the Hockey Hall of Fame. Adam, do you have any more guesses? 1943. 43. Wow. In the middle of WW2. Wow. Crazy. How did, how did they have time for that? No, no, no. We must build the Hall of Fame. No. Right it now. It was formally in Ford. Kingston. Oh. And then we stole it. Yeah. <laughs> Big bad Toronto. Sorry, Kingston. We um
2: stole it. Uh, okay, we stole their whole museum. So, Today I learned Toronto is. Hap Day looked like a player. You guys, he did. Madve Michkoff, guys,
1: Dude, let's had talk a about this. Of talks. Unless you guys want to continue with Sheldon. I want more Hap
0: day highlights.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Seven-time.
0: <laughs> Hap <laughs> day Seven-time Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, seven. Uh, his name appears on the Stanley Cup seven times. He won a bunch as a player and a couple as a coach and also assistant manager, all
1: with the Toronto Maple Leafs. By the way, the, the 1920s hockey power stance, as seen in the article there on Wikipedia, is <laughs> they all stand that way. <laughs> Why do they all stand like that? Like I don't know what to do, <laughs> like, like it wasn't until the fifties they're like, why don't you bend your knees a little?
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, can you put your feet as close together as possible? Yeah. Describe right. it for everybody
1: listening. So the antithesis of how you would skate is how they stood. <laughs> they would stand like, like, like almost like a soldier, but very, you know, like when the when the when the 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 division commander's like at ease, and then they <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> and then they kind of relax their shoulders. And they just kind of look at the camera. And it's we- It's also weird. Always, when you look at old-timey hockey photos, look at where they're standing. He is standing on grass in this picture, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, oh, yeah. they're standing on, like, fucking pavement and and dirt <laughs> and states. shit. Yeah, because they would do the training camp, but the training camp would be just a bunch of drills from World
2: War One, And then and then they'd make them stand outside. There's that, uh, what is it, punch him, Lec. You must be able to do 10 push-ups yeah. in succession. <laughs> you must be able to...
0: It's oh, very funny. So um, one thing that's really common amongst like really old timey hockey players is that they all played lacrosse as well. Yes. And were like also pro
1: lacrosse players. <laughs> yes. Uh, it seems like Hap Day was pretty they, damn good. at. They've lacrosse. said that Gretzky was a better lacrosse player than he was a hockey player.
2: Gretzky? Yes, I know they said that about John Tavares.
1: No, they said that about Gretzky too. Ooh. John Tavares' uncle is yeah, like a lacrosse is one of legend, the best but yeah. ever they said Gretzky was unbelievable at lacrosse, and um, and also Gretzky didn't grow up wanting to be a hockey player; wanted to be a baseball player. He, loved, he was drafted, wasn't? He? Loved baseball. I don't know if he was. I know
2: that. I think he was. I know that
1: Greg Maddox, I think, was drafted by the LA Kings.
2: Tom Glavin.
1: It was Tom Glavin yeah. that it was, but one of those Braves, like legendary pitchers. They had those three: John Smoltz. Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, they were all like... Do you think back in 1937...
0: Everyone took to their newspapers and was like, "It's so weird to see Hap Day in a New York Americans jersey after playing his whole career with the Leafs." Yeah, because I've he, only seen the man in pictures. He only played. He played for the Leafs all his career, and then his final season, he did one of the old guy things where you go to the other team who looks like they're going to be winning, and you play for the New York Americans.
2: Except the games weren't televised, so it's oh, it's going to be so difficult to imagine him in a New York <laughs> yeah. Americans. But you could probably <laughs> well, go to I'm the listening game to the radio, the size of the fridge uh, well, at one, and and the. <laughs>
1: When did the radio broadcast start? The 20s? I don't know, Adam, Uh, but I know they talked like this. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Hello, Canada, Newfoundland, and the United States. Um, (laughs) Because Newfoundland wasn't even a part of fucking Canada at that point. That's how old those broadcasts are. Uh, 1940. So all the pre 1949 broadcasts are like, hello, Canada, Newfoundland, and the United
2: States. This new star is part (laughs) of a wave of new players from the Ottoman Empire. (laughs) (laughs) It's bizarre. What was more
0: awkward? Jerome McGinla in a Colorado avalanche. Jersey or Hap Day in the New York Americans jersey. Oh,
2: Hap Day in the New York Americans for sure. That was cringe. Yeah. That he did that. It was really yeah, cringe was that true. Hap Day played for the New York Americans. Yeah. A bunch
1: of people in fedora's like, bro, for real, for real. Uh, no cap, cringe. No.
2: Was someone Day just brought a, a big a big sign that said cringe. <laughs> it was Hap Day or it was Hap Day Risgo? I don't know. We should ask Cooper <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We need to tell Justin. That I need this TikTok more than I need to breathe. What the hap day? What just hap day? Like Riz, God, Metro Boomin, like fucking hap day highlights. Just hap day highlights. Just chaos is what you need. (laughs) I need that. It's gonna
0: be so like when you see the goalies. (laughs) Oh, when goalies start
2: actually playing goal, fuck it. (laughs) George Vesna highlights. Oh, up until like the 40s. By the way, the answer is literally Patrick Wah
0: oh goalies were horrendous <laughs> for like a
1: hundred years in the end well i could
2: argue the six and you think yeah. about how short a lot of the goalies used to be
1: like the it's so dude on the ice so obvious to draft a big person as a goalie so obvious no, no. and they were like they're like buddy's fast <laughs> he's fast and he's got a he's got a nice looking girl and that means he's confident nice, nice looking gal <laughs> nice, nice nice looking gal His dame yeah yeah it's weird it is um, weird all the goalies were fucking short. They're all like, you yeah.
2: You look at their crouching down and the fucking crossbars over their head. Yeah. Stop crouching. You stand that. Somebody would have figured out how to play goal. Yeah. Get your face in front of it. What are you, a coward? <laughs> yeah. I was taking shots 20 years ago. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> did you see my crazy old-timey hockey stat the other day?
1: On Twitter? I did.
2: Yes. No, I didn't see it. Well, I'm going to tell you about it. So Mark Stone scored a hat trick this year in the Stanley Cup deciding game. Mm-hmm. He was the first player. This is how hard it is to score a hat trick in the Stanley Cup finals. First player to score a hat trick in a Stanley Cup deciding game since Babe Die. We did talk about this in the last show.
0: No, but he he hasn't said his
1: stat. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Babe Dye. Since yeah. Babe
2: Die. Since Babe Die did it. Um, 101 years ago. It was, uh, I think, 101 years ago, 1921 or 1922. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Stone was born 1992. Mm -hmm. Babe Dye was born 1898. Both of them on May 13th.
1: So Mark Stone
2: was the first person to do this in over 100 years. And he shares a birthday with the guy who did it before him.
1: Do you want to hear another cool stat about Mark Stone? Nope. Okay. Cool guy. (laughs) No. (laughs) Arna uh, uh, Okul from ESPN. Mark Stone, first captain in 95 years to lead a club to its first ever cup as its first ever captain. Wow. I thought Marco andre Fleury was their first captain, but I guess not. No,
2: And the first captain was Hap day. Yeah, it probably was. I don't know who. Of the New York Americans. Yeah, I don't know who the actual
1: other person was. It would have been good if ESPN I like had your done stat, that. Steve.
2: It was a good stat. I thought it was a good stat. Um, I thought it was pretty good. It's, on the, bo- it's on the bottom of Adam Schu. Right we now. said... Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hater. That's, that's why I thought I'd acknowledge um, it. <laughs> no, we do need to keep
1: moving here. Madve Mitchkoff, uh, I got his name right. Don't worry. Good job. Um, <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Okay, there has been a million rumors about this guy. And a lot of people are bringing out old stories, and I just thought this old story because I did not know this before. I'm I'm actually grateful for Mitch because I did not know this story. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's talk about 1990. In 1990, the Soviet Union was splintering. You have a whole bunch of satellite countries that are now allowing players to play hockey. Uh, outside of the block a few players are already broken out like you know McGilney and I think uh, Fatisov and a few of those other players had come over in the 80s but you know uh, the Stasny brothers had to like leave their family behind to come and and, and play in North America like really tragic heartbreaking shit um, and there is a young player from the soon-to-be Czech Republic uh, his name is Jaromir Jaromir and everybody's interested uh, he's uh, he, you know, it's a it's a really impressive draft class. And actually, if you go back and you it's you stupid. look, the nineteen ninety draft is unbelievable. But there were five teams drafting in the first five spots. Obviously, Quebec, Vancouver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, all good teams. All all of those teams wanted Yeremir Yager. Do you know why he fell to number five? No. Yeremir Yager evidently fell to number five because he when he was in his formative years, was a gigantic Mario Lemieux fan. And- He's not that much younger. Not that much younger. younger, but Mario would have been in his mid to late 20s at this point, right? Because okay. Mario started in like the mid 80s or whatever, sure. and it's 1990. So apparently he w- he needed to play with Mario Lemieux. And Pittsburgh with Mario Lemieux was so bad that they could still have the fifth overall pick. Shows you how bad Pittsburgh was well, for no, how long. Wild. Yeah. wild. And he, Quebec, Vancouver, Detroit, Philly, they all called his representation. And he said, I won't be coming for a while. I'm not coming. Not coming for a while. Pittsburgh called. They said, draft me. And apparently that's how it happened. Wow. Yep. So a lot of people look at that draft. They go, what the fuck were Quebec, Vancouver, Detroit, and Philly thinking? Because but all of them really legitimate NHLers that went before him. Owen Nolan, Peter Nedved, Keith Primo, and Mike Ricci. Great Damn. players. Damn. Yeah. But wow. Pittsburgh Penguins, Yarmir Yager, 1921 points over 1733 games. <laughs> Just crazy numbers. Scott Sissons right after Yager. Not I great. know the, the Leafs drafted Drake Barahowski in that draft. Uh, Steve, can you name? There are three players with a thousand points in the 1990 draft. Can you name them?
2: Well, Yager. Yeah. Um, did none of the other top four guys hit a thousand points?
1: None of the others.
2: Wow. You have to go all the way to pick 19
1: and then pick 34, which is in the second round. Hmm.
2: 1990. Okay. Okay. Keith Primo didn't hit a th- uh Oh, he missed a lot of time.
1: Yeah. Um, he should have. He should have. And he was also dead puck era. Can I have the teams? Winnipeg and New York are the Win- teams who drafted these guys. Yes. Yeah.
2: Winnipeg in 1990. 1990- Rangers or Islanders?
1: Uh, Rangers. Sorry.
2: Winnipeg nineteen ninety.
1: Uh Solani? Keith Kachuk.
2: Oh shit.
1: Who did the Rangers pick? Also a former blue. Yep. And a few other teams. Coyote as well. Also a no, so no, this is oh, this person is also a former blue. Yeah. No, not a coyote. Keith Kachuk was a coyote. Oh, I'm talking about the other guy. Oh, the other
0: guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ranger, uh, Islander, Duck, Blue, Hurricane. <coughs>
2: oh, that oiler. doesn't help at all. He's he played oiler. for everyone.
1: Yep. yep, he's an oiler too. Big yep. oiler. oiler. Big oiler. Big oiler. Doug Weight. That's right. Hey, hey! hey let's go. go. Peter Bondra Doug Wait, was a duck? Yeah. Uh, no, he was. A, yeah, he was. Yep. Yeah, he, he
0: was a, a lot for one season. Played 38 games there. Oh, he was 14 a duck. points.
1: Yeah.
2: Huh. 07,
1: 08. Um, also drafted in that draft, Marty Brodeur, Craig Conroy,
2: Marty Brodeur. Not the first goalie selected.
1: I know that was Trevor Kidd. That's crazy. The the Yermer Yager, Marty Brodeur, and Doug Weight are the ones that lasted the longest. Yager's last season was 17, 18. Brodeur, uh You're 14, 15. Had,
2: he probably had more points than a bunch of players.
1: Yeah, drafted. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. He had 47.
2: Wow. Wow. Uh, So actually, you know what?
1: I'll see how many he had. Let's see. uh, um, Let's do it by points here. That's wild. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Sometimes um, the sorting option with HockeyDB is a little annoying. There we go. 47 points. Uh, It would put him uh, just behind Toronto draft pick Alexander Godnyuk, who had 49 points. Oh. And right ahead of Todd Reardon, Mika Alati, Todd Calo? Reardon, the
2: coach. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Marty uh, Berger had more points than Todd Reardon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Not a lot of Chris McAlpine. Also, you remember he was a fighter. I remember that name. Yeah. For New Jersey. Big fighter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Felix yeah. Potman was also drafted in that draft. He had 16 points.
2: Oh, best goalie of the draft.
1: Um, anyway, let's move on to to Mitch Goff it, itself. Because here's the <laughs> thing. The the thing has drawn a lot of comparisons with not a lot of information. And I think unfairly. Like, I told you the Yaramir Gagar story because it's interesting. And there are people who are like, well, maybe he's doing the same thing. You don't fucking know.
2: So, what do we know? Well, oh, so 32 thoughts speculated that Mitchkov has a certain team in mind mm-hmm. and he can drop as low as number eight to the Capitals.
0: And yeah, their speculation is that that's the team.
2: Yeah. So, here's, here's what I know about Mitchkov. And I, I had heard some things about him a uh, few months ago and this was prior to his dad passing and i think that's very relevant um you know it's sort of been kind of uh glossed over in 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 i don't know it, it strikes me in a in a poor way uh well his father died this year blah, blah, blah. like no 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 you can't just gloss over that like he's he's a 17 year old kid basically playing in a men's league and he's dealing with you know, something, you know, very serious, right? Mm -hmm. But what I had heard prior to that is, you know, cocky kid, uh, like not confident, cocky, and, you know, not the greatest teammate, and, you know, his his locker room is kind of hot and cold on him, and and just all these things that are red flags for a player as a person Mm -hmm. that you hear, but I kind of laughed to myself, when I heard that about Mitch cause the last that I, I had heard negative reviews about a KHL player before, you know, who was prolific at a young age, mm-hmm. um, you know, playing professional hockey as a, as a teenager, as a, as a 17 year old, um, he's cocky, he's immature, all the things that a 17 year old probably ought to be by the way. Um, and the, the last player, I heard was cocky and unpopular with his teammates in the KHL before he was drafted was Andre Vasilevsky.
1: <laughs> oh my God. So
2: wow, just because wow, you're not the name I was thinking. Yeah. Just because you hear these things about a player out of the KHL or out of any team doesn't mean it's true. If it is true, doesn't mean it can't change. Mm-hmm. The, like, the, well, are,
1: who who among if you're still the same person you were at 17? Now, uh, well, <laughs> like, like, what, the things things? You that's the thing with maturity is it continues.
2: Yeah, I've told this story before. Um, Alex Petrangelo, I remember was, oh my god, he's so mature. He's so mature. He's so mature for this draft. He's already a man. He's a full grown man. And you go, yeah, how come? And they're like, because he lives by himself and he cooks. That's the bar when you're 17, 18. If you can live by yourself and cook, like that is, I don't know. I, I think that's actually something pretty admirable for a 17, 18 year old to do. But mm-hmm. when you're an adult, like a real one, <laughs> you're like, that's the bare minimum. <laughs> you need to live somewhere and also eat. You know what I mean? So th- this is the grade the grade that we're, this is the curve that we're grading on. So what I've heard all the red flags
1: with Mitchkov. and also let's just be honest: since the war started, the 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 information coming in and out of Russia is just different. It's
2: it's, it's just different. A lot it's less. Poor. It's rely. It's unreliable. It's I yes. So when are you going to get this guy? I don't know. I don't know. Um but there are a few teams in that little cluster of teams that could potentially get Mitchkov who don't necessarily need him right away and uh, Kuznetsov was a first round pick mm-hmm. didn't come over for a number of years comes over helps you win a cup helps you finally get over the Pittsburgh hump uh Kirill Kaprizov fifth round pick so a bit of a different situation but it's very quickly apparent that, Oh, this is the best player, not in the NHL. And then he joins the Minnesota wild and you're willing to hand him $9 million after like 50 games because he's so good. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you're in a position to draft a player who's not necessarily willing to come to your team right away, Mm -hmm. do it, do it. You know what? Um, the, the, Quebec Nordiques, like here's here's another example. The Quebec Nordiques had the first overall pick. Eric Lindros was going to go first. Eric Lindros said, "Do not draft me. I ain't playing there." Quebec Nordiques went. That's nice, and they drafted him anyway. You know why? Because he was Eric Lindros, and they had he had value. And they go to the Flyers, and the Flyers gave them fifteen million dollars. Peter Forsberg, Ron Hexto, like, gave them... Wasn't,
1: a, wasn't like, Mike Ricci a part of that? Uh, I think
2: Mike Ricci was part of the deal. Steve Duchesne. I did this trade trade. Like it's a crazy mm-hmm. one. It's They got a wild haul in, like, at, at least one first-round pick. They got a wild haul. So if you're a team like the Arizona Coyotes, for example... At six. At six, and he's available... And he's like, well, I'm not going to come over for three years. You're like, cool, we're not even going to have a building for that time. Yep. You know, and then you have three years to rebuild and make your team appealing for him to come over. And if he still doesn't want to come over to the Arizona, trade the rights. You trade the rights for a shitload. Yeah. I tell you what, let's say Washington's the only team he's willing to go to, Mm -hmm. draft him. And make them pay you.
0: Yeah. I could even see the the swap coming from like six and eight. So Arizona's at six. Washington's at eight. You know, go just do the swap now. Take yeah. the eighth pick plus whatever Washington is willing to throw in there. Let's, you don't want to sit on him for three years and trade him then.
2: Let's say that's exactly what's going on, right? And you're you're Bill Armstrong in Arizona. And is it Brian McClellan? Todd McClellan? I always get the two confused. No, it's Todd McClellan's the coach. Brian McClellan, I believe, in Washington. You call him up and you say, listen. We have the 6th pick. We know Mitchkov wants to go there and we know you want Mitchkov. We're not stupid. Give us whatever. Yeah. Like whatever it happens to be. It doesn't need to be huge, but you know, we we know the Coyotes want nothing but draft picks anyway. Yeah. You know. Uh give us whatever it costs, a couple seconds, couple th- And then you get Matthew Mitchkov and then maybe he joins you next year. Mhm. And it's the Yager situation. And I, I just I just think this kid is so ridiculously skilled and easily a top five, if not top three, maybe top two talent in this draft. They're saying That's that. That's not galaxy brain, this guy's draft it, him.
0: If it's not a Bedard year, there's a chance it's him or Fantaley going number one.
2: Which sounds a lot like Eichel. Yeah. Right? Like, you could argue this is even a stronger draft than the McEichel draft. Mm-hmm. Because after Eichel, there was a drop-off. Right, it was oh, it's McDavid's gonna go number one, and if he wasn't there, it'd be Eichel. This year, there's like potentially three first overall pick talents, mm-hmm. which is crazy, and you should probably get on that. Yeah. Well, and I know. he's gonna join so, you next so, year, so.
1: And this is the thing in 1990 when when we did, when we bring up the Yager thing, Quebec ended up with a great player in Owen Nolan, but you should have just drafted Yager and then been like, oh, I hear you like Pittsburgh.
2: Oh, uh, when was the Lindros draft?
1: No, that it was, was ninety one, I'm pretty sure. Maybe they learned from
2: so, it. So so maybe, maybe the
1: like think, think it of did that. win them the cup.
2: That that trade won them the cup. What if the Yager experience informed the Lindros draft pick and trade, which then created the Colorado Avalanche who won multiple cups with the assets they got from that deal?
1: Probably did. And
0: Drew.
2: And drew yeah, they
1: created <laughs> Drew Livingstone.
2: They created Drew. <laughs> um, uh,
1: so yeah, Mitchkov's gonna be very, very interesting. And you know, outside of you know whispers here and there, I mean, you can read a bunch of stuff. Um, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. So, th- a lot of people, some
0: people are making a big deal about how he not ghosted, but he didn't do a like meeting with the Red Wings who are at nine right after the Capitals. I'm like.
2: He's not getting to nine. Also, like, who's the- he? It's his. It's his representation.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: It's. I think it's important. It's. A, I think
1: it's important you say that because not everybody's mind just instantly goes there. Mm-hmm. No.
2: And and the the war that you bring up. I mean, it's highly highly relevant, and it probably hasn't been this relevant since the draft that you're citing. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's been a long time. Um, we're not used to having this ex- exact situation. and I say exact because, you know, we talked about Alexander McGillney defecting Evgeny Malkin had a defect. That dude still plays, right? So it's Russia's always been a, a tricky situation to navigate when it comes to the NHL. <laughs> this year's the hardest it's been in a very long time. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I know the excitement from Red Wings fans on, like, the possibility of getting uh, a great European defenseman. Like, that'd be fun. Uh, they they have a history of that. But, like, why? Who? I don't know. Just a couple guys. Um, but I, he's not reaching nine. And if if his representation is like, let's not waste this kid's time. Let's have him focus on other things as they anticipate the draft. That's fine. Like, I don't think that's a big deal. So, um, like, we talk about Arizona maybe making that deal with Washington if San Jose wants to do it two at four, it makes a lot of sense it, uh, if you want to trade up to four. Um, Montreal sitting at five. Montreal getting a piece that can help them now because I think Montreal's kind of done losing. Like, they're kind of trying to hurry up this rebuild. Yeah, I don't know. You're going to do, do another that. year of trying to suck. Well, I think the they are going to suck
1: for another year because they don't have, they got to figure out goaltending too, right?
0: Yeah, but this can be an avenue. Like, yeah. if, if they want to move this fifth pick to get something um, that'll be more now or just trade down to eight, maybe get assets with that and then you move down down a little like there's so much movement that could go on because there's so much up in the air with Mitch so I'm just interested to see how it goes interesting a lot of
1: possibilities
2: Um, he's the biggest wild card in the draft for a long number of years
1: I want to um, I want to I want to take you guys back to a particular date can you tell me what was special for you about July 24th 2021
2: July 24th 2021 Where, where were you what were you doing is that the day no I when was going to say, is that the day the Lightning won the cup?
0: Yeah, I was about to say, when did the NHL season take place?
2: I want to say there was it ended like July 7th.
1: Yeah, and then there was like the draft of free agency.
2: Mm, 24th. So it would have been like free agency time. I feel like the draft was. Who made be a trade?
0: It was a trade, I'm going to guess.
1: It was a trade. Hey! Can you name who? Okay. Trade.
0: Can you give us Jared
2: McCann? No, not Jared
1: McCann. Can you McCann. give us
2: the conference
1: Western? Both teams? Yes.
2: Oh, man, that was a Byron phrase for uh, <laughs> for friggin' I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> what is it?
2: Oh, is this patch ready to Vegas?
0: No. Damn. No, it's not a Vegas. Thing. Colorado trade. Oh, wait. No, I'm an no, idiot. Sorry. Trade. Um, Minnesota wild trade? No. Nope. Ah, oh, fuck. Just name all the teams in the conference. No, I'm kidding.
1: I'm kidding. I'll just give you t- okay. Okay. it. Okay. It's a bad guessing game. <laughs> oh. Ah! Well, you can't say it now. I just yeah. I just no, you the went first syllable. Up, no, no, you went. Up. No.
2: Yeah, but you know where oh, no, oh, I'm going with it. this. What Jesse
1: knows. What is it? Oliver Ackman Larson it. and <laughs> Cotter Garland traded to the Vancouver Canucks by the Arizona Coyotes. By the way, he, how did he, they figure out He said the first word. Oh he didn't. He. Yeah. Said, uh, no, no. Yeah, what was you the you first know word of the news? You know what like, my Oh <laughs> Like when I get Oh face. You didn't go you Steve, you wanna see my face? Play the game tape. You wanna see my O face?
2: Ew. Yeah, that's Ooh. enough.
1: OEL. Ooh. Don't look at me in the OEL, Connor Garland. Very useful. Uh, traded to the Vancouver Canucks by the Arizona Coyotes. I want to know how they decide which team gets the by the, you know, like say, oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs traded this person. You know, it was traded by the Leafs. You know what I mean? How do they figure that out? Anyway, Arizona Coyotes uh, <laughs> receive the number nine overall pick in the 2021 draft. Ooh. Louis Erickson's $6 million contract in its last year. Jay Beagle's $3-plus plus million contract in its last year. And Antoine Roussel. Oh, no, he's good at penalty kill um, in his, how, the last year of his deal. How Arizona, did the Canucks buy? Arizona also received a second-round pick in the 2022 oh! draft and a seventh round this year. Oh, uh, the Coyotes did not have a 2021 first overall selection after they forfeited the number 11 pick. So this is their way to get it. Uh-huh. And Bro. Oliver ekman Larson at this time, July 24th, 2021, had six seasons left on an eight-year, $66 million contract signed by John Shaka and the Arizona Coyotes, $8.25 million per year. But because of injuries, he'd gone from what everybody kind of called the hidden gem of the West in terms of
2: defensemen to not that good anymore. What and do the Vancouver Canucks love more than finding a Swedish player who is underrated and then getting him as soon as their career is done? Well, Louis Erickson is... <laughs>
1: Dude! Um, I think it is Jim Benning, of all the, oh. the terrible decisions Jim Benning has made, it is... That's the cream of the crop. It's the cream of the crop.
2: That's a bad one.
1: Now, let's <laughs> talk about what this buyout looks like, because there were some interesting details before you get to the buyout. Um, Cap Friendly says it's July 23rd. Uh, NHL.com. You oh, dick! 24,
0: sorry. Is that, yeah, that's because probably, that make a difference? That's for, probably when they wrote the article, uh, but the trade happened uh, the 23rd. No, so that's why Steve and I didn't get oh, it. yeah, that's, that's it. Oh. why. Yeah, that's why we didn't get <laughs> so, it. And other thing, uh, the Arizona Coyotes used that pick from Vancouver to select Dylan Genther, who is incredible. Yeah. So I always have a soft spot in my heart for Mr.
1: Uh, Genthy because he was a part of my streams. I knew it. Yeah. You suck. Oh, because of your... Oh, okay. And also, Dylan... I think that's funny that that Vancouver doesn't have him because they could sure he's a guy like Dylan. Gap- oh, my God. The dude's going to be a star. Now, <laughs> interesting about this buyout. Everybody wants to know the cap hit, and I'll give you that in a second. However, <laughs> you are allowed to have three <laughs> buyout slots on your roster at any one time. I didn't know there was a limit on this, but there is. Mm-hmm. We, I thought you just buy anybody out. You can't.
2: We found out at this deadline because they became important, and I think someone ran out of them. Oh, okay. I don't remember who. I, it might have been Arizona.
1: Now, Arizona, for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Mm. Another present from John Sheka. For the next eight years, we'll have one less buyout spot because mm. when Vancouver chose to buy out Oliver Ekman Larson, that contract, because it started in Arizona, takes away one of their buyout slots. Oh, now, no. they're not going to be buying people out anytime soon. Yeah. They are not; they don't sign buyoutable no, no, contracts. Arizona it's, only has uh, OEL on the buyout
2: slot. It's so. it's not a buyout it's slot. slot. It's contract retention. Ah, uh, that's Sorry. right. Yeah. No, so, so, but that's that is important, important because though. that's a part of their game plan. Yes, because, oh no, they might be forced to compete now instead of just essentially being hockey salary cap money laundering. Um, so now they can only... Every other team in the league has three slots where they can be the facilitator of a trade and acquire draft picks, which the Coyotes covet very much. Now they only have two. Oh.
1: Until 2031.
0: I feel like it's not that big of a deal.
2: It's not it's that
0: a, well, big of a deal. Your because entire
2: game plan, No, but Jesse. they weren't
0: using any. It's, well, it's, but. it's
2: bad, but like, I'm trying to think of a team that's been prevented from making a move because they were out. Hasn't you know happened I mean? yet. Yeah, but Arizona has two
0: remaining, two of the three. Yeah, it's like I mean, I think it's, and I mean, it's the, less the than the you irony, want to have. We'll the, just put it that
2: way. The oh, irony, because yeah, two
0: is less than three.
2: The irony is you These could argue this benefits. Uh, well, here's the trade-off: <laughs> they lose that slot, sure. Um, but there's a cap penalty with the buyout. There is. To both the Canucks and the Coyotes. Yes. And the cap penalty actually helps the Coyotes get to the floor. All that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're right. I know. Now it's that's it's only a couple hundred grand. Right now, now
1: it's only a couple hundred. So next year it'll be twenty thousand bucks. Yeah, every and then it goes else. to three twenty, and then six fifty <laughs> for a couple years, and then two ninety for the last four years. The Vancouver cap hit is going to be kind of painful after this season. This yeah. season's only one hundred fifty grand. That's that's you know that's like a call up at the end of the season. It's no big deal. But then it goes to 2.3 million, Mm. and then for two years it's 4.7 million. Now you're saying, well, the cap's going up during that time, not for
2: the Canucks, though, and that's the bummer part, right? And like, uh, I have seen the argument, like, well, it's that or 8.25. And you're right. Like that's, and then how it goes
1: it. down to 2.1. By the way, for the last four years, just want to get that up. Four years I, again. But here's the problem. That's that's Derek Kessel. There were people, and I think Cam Shrong was chief among them, and saying like, listen, if you actually watched OEL play, you know that his injuries are so bad, you could have LTI heard this.
0: I heard. I saw that too online, I mean, and I was like, obviously not. I think it's, it's, it's an interesting perspective because I don't think they're raw like do you you're taking a chance on a guy's body right so if if you're vancouver you say we hang on to this because we think in a year he's going to get injured and is that the right way to play the game like they're all they're playing their chess pieces right if, yep. is your chess piece that you think his body is going to break down he's not going to be playing
2: hockey in a year the, i don't know the the I mean, health is the biggest wild card in the league. You got a player like OEL who is obviously healthy enough to play, not healthy enough to play well. And then there's Mark Stone, who may never play a full season in the NHL ever again.
0: Which, yeah, they said he'll he won't be healthy, but he can do it.
2: Like he might need surgery after surgery, and he comes back for the playoffs, and he's a fucking animal. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah, like the surgery is legitimate. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I don't think any of us ever questioned that it was it was more a question of gosh, that sure is convenient for Vegas, but they took advantage of the rules and his surgery worked, which is another very key factor in all that. My my assumption is unless the Canucks are the stupidest team on the planet, and they might be,
1: they were for sure.
2: They were for a long time, unless they're the dumbest team on the planet, they weren't able to LTIR OEL. Like this is a multi-multi-multi. Maybe they million. didn't want to, and maybe
1: here's how does that make sense? Well, because the owner might say "fuck off," and I would rather pay. Actual money. I would rather pay less money. Figure it out. And he probably looked at the Minnesota Wild and said, "Well, they're doing it with 14 million on their cap," and the Minnesota Wild. The, the, the difference between the Wild and the, and Vancouver, uh, I'm sure Canucks fans already know this, is the Wild are well run. <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks need to need to be well run. I mean, this past year was sort of a disaster for I mean, them too. Behind they, the scenes,
2: they went from Paul uh, Chuck Fletcher to Paul Fenton, so they got they got well run. They got they well run, run. It for it a long.
1: Did, and uh, agreed agreed, and that's why they're in this position. But yes. they turned it around. Bill Guerin's program, I think. I mean, God, the the team was very very good this year. They're going to lose some good players. Matt Dumba's probably gone, but it's it's one of those where they have a system, they have players, they can make the playoffs. The Canucks um you know with, with an owner who probably who kept Benning in there longer than he needed to, right? This is the this is completely ownership's fault. They kept the Everything with the Canucks. They kept the the general manager too long. The general manager kept making bad decisions, and in this deal and I remember having the chat in July in 2021 with you guys going, they were a year away from being out of cap hell with those three players. They were a year away. And people were like, fuck off. They get a useful player. You
2: don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I don't think that they do. See, they didn't look at the deal the way we did. And you can tell by the pieces contained in the deal. So if you just look at the players, it's Oliver Ekman Larson, who has a bad deal for a long time, Mm -hmm. but he's one guy. Mm -hmm. Then there's the... Three guys mm-hmm. who were sent to the Coyotes who have a bad deal, f- and it's three of them for one year, right? So you can look at it as a swap. of Salary was even. Of yeah, hey, you take this long term issue, you take the short term, and issue. Connor Garland, who's very uh, very useful. Oh, and I forgot, I forgot that he was included in all that. The Canucks bought. Bought, and you could say, Well, they got Connor Garland out of it. That's a hockey player who makes a salary, which is not a thing that the Arizona Coyotes covet. They don't, the Arizona Coyotes do not covet and value hockey players. I'm gonna they give you, they don't want gonna, hockey players, I'm they don't want to win those, games. I'm, I'm gonna those, give you, oh, sorry, that you. deal
0: was even worse because they could have just waited a year, yes. and all of those deals were done, yes. And then instead, they decided to give off a first and a second
2: and another pick. And because they thought there was value in OEL,
0: that's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, dude. Um, I I remember. Sorry, one one quick thing. I looked at it and I was like, okay, is this a good contract? No, but they need like someone to like staple to Quinn Hughes and maybe teach him a little bit. They found that dude, (laughs) it's Luke Shen, (laughs) for less than a million dollars. Yeah. And OEL was just like borderline failing physicals in training camp by the looks of it.
1: Um, I also want to give you another date in history. June 22nd, 2019. Can you tell me what Vancouver did? June 22nd, 2019. Don't you dare look at it. Don't you dare.
2: Don't you dare. Was that draft? OEL stats. 2019 draft. Oh, I was there. Oh, it was in Vancouver. They drafted Vasily Podkolskin, mm-hmm. Podkolson. Um, what else did they do with that draft? I don't remember.
1: They traded Merrick Mazinic, a 2019 3rd overall pick and a conditional 2020 1st overall pick uh, to the Not you're saying not first overall, first round. First pick. round pick, excuse me. Two the Tampa Bay Lightning for J.T. Miller. Oh! And the conditions were, if the Canucks did not make the playoffs in 1920, the 2020 first-round o- uh, first pick would transfer to 2021. But if you remember, the Canucks went on a run mm-hmm. in the COVID year, in the COVID bubble, yes, so they, they lost out on the number 20 pick. Mm. Um, Now,
2: what fucking all-star did the Lightning get? Oh, I know they
1: didn't. They got J.T. Miller.
2: No, no, the the Lightning... Um, with the with pick. The, oh, Shakir uh
1: muka
2: madulin and who was a draft pick of the devils Mm -hmm. uh because that's uh isn't that where the lightning got blake coleman from
1: i think so fuck off yeah (laughs) and this is where you know this stuff starts to add up right it's not that jt miller wasn't worth that
2: at 5.25 million he didn't he their timeline at all. No. And, well, that and, and that they've was been the delusional about their timeline for. You said 2019. This is a better part of half a decade. The Canucks have not understood what they are.
1: OEL didn't fit their timeline when they were making that trade either. No, he didn't. And he didn't fit anybody's. They wanted quote unquote veteran presence and a and useful players and 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 that's just the problem, right? You know, it's not. um, mm. it, it, now they're going to have to pay the piper. Now they, they can work around this. It's something that can be done, but it is something worth taking a snapshot of. I remember Dom Lecision tweeting out when JT Miller was traded to Vancouver, and he got a lot of shit for this. LOL, the Canucks think it's time to buy. <laughs> and it wasn't. It's been LOL, the Canucks think it's time to buy ever since. I don't know why you do this buyout this year. I don't know why you don't just sit on this. I, this I don't year. know either. I think, Why did it have to come this offseason? I think because he is. They cannot do anything. They got they went and they got Philip Roenick. They got to get him extended. They
2: want to make they're, some moves this offseason. They, their mandate is to make the playoffs. Jesse, before that buyout, they were over the cap for next year. Over. Over the cap. And that's with an Ethan Bear injury as well. I kind of want to have. By the way, the Canucks have 38 of
1: 50 contracts signed and they're still at 77 million dollars. Wow! Now you don't have to do so they're you Barely under the cap. You don't have to use your full cap allotment, but it goes to show how much money was going to so many players. That you know what I'm saying? They got to use their cap allotment to
2: ice a team that's mid, though.
1: Well, and they still they have. They still have a guy like Tyler Myers who they're going to have to eat the last year of that six million dollars. Boto too. Well, it's one more year. Play them in your bottom six, who cares? Or your bottom two. I
2: mean, is there another team? I mean, they have they oh. only have
1: four NHL defensemen currently under contract. Uh, Travis Dermott's on the IR, but he's not signed. You got Quinn Hughes, Tyler Myers, Philip Roenick, and uh Guillaume Brizois. Ah. it's not,
0: it's the it's, Tyler Myers bio doesn't make sense. What is it? It would be a six million dollar cap hit this year. So, what, yeah. Also lost in this. No, no, five point, sorry, 5.3 this year and then uh,
1: 300000 next year. Yeah, uh, also um, lost in but- this is Tucker Poolman. Uh, oh. Who has two more years left on his deal, but he is an LTIR candidate. We're not sure if he's ever going to play again. But even that deal was bad.
2: Man. Man.
1: So, you know, you root for this. You want them to do well. And they found guys like Kuzmeenko who are so much fun and Pedersen who's so much fun. Ah. <sighs> But that was the only move you had. Like the rest I think of- you LTIR him if you can get the ownership around on him. I think the reason no. they didn't LTIR him is is Aquilina doesn't want let's, him to. Let's
0: let's say he he could play. Like let's say OEL just had a bad injury plague season. He played fifty four games, but he struggled and there there's injuries and all that stuff. But next year he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be play eighty two games. Mm-hmm. There aren't other roster moves you can make before that one. Before you you have this asset that you traded the sun and the moon for. And you, you gave up some great picks and some great prospects. And you got dumped all those contracts that you could have just waited a year to expire. And you could have made this move next offseason in a trade if OBL plays well. There aren't other roster moves you could have made to free up cap space.
2: Uh, I There's just, no
0: creativity there.
2: Just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you necessarily have to sit in it, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they decided, well, fuck. We fucked up. We got to make an adjustment here. It's bad. (laughs) It's bad, (laughs) but maybe it's the best option. Uh, I'm sure they wanted to LTIR him. And by the way, uh, we'll never actually know the full criteria for this player is too hurt to ever play again. This player is not. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for example, and we keep going back to this, Mike Smith. (laughs) Stanley Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. NHL goalie, NHL goalie, NHL goalie. I can't play anymore. He's old. Yeah. Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. You got to buy him out. But maybe, like Adam said, maybe it's actually cheaper for them money wise, not cap wise, money wise. Just buy him out. Oh, it's a terrible, I think, terrible I think if deal. you
1: don't win that argument against Aquilini, it's a failure of your administration. And I would say that it, I wouldn't say that it's the, it means the administration's a failure. But I would say that if Jim Rutherford can't win that argument with Francesco Aquilini and say, listen, this guy's got to go on LTIR. If you want me to execute my plan properly, I need this guy on LTIR. Yeah, but like he has to also want to do that. He
0: has to also not want to play hockey ever again. And I don't think OEL wants that.
2: Well, yes, actually, that's a very key. <laughs> I feel yeah. like we're
0: just putting him there, but like he wants to play hockey, so it's He's up not to him. old.
2: No, maybe a bit old for an. Athlete. Like I said, played half old. the season yeah.
0: last year, fifty-four games.
2: Yeah, a yeah. more.
1: Well, listen. It's that, a, a uh, tough situation, man. It's a uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, eight year contracts. Since we're talking about them, Timo Meyer wants an eight year extension. Tom Fitzgerald is the general manager of the uh, New Jersey Devils. I uh, was on the Jeff Merrick show last week, and he said, Timo and I spoke yesterday. I'm very transparent with my players, very upfront, called him personally. This is part of the process, but our goal is to do something quicker. If we can do something, because remember, they filed for our arbitration. If and they told
2: th- Brat, we'll trade you if you don't sign it.
1: Yeah. And he said, if we can do something ASAP, I'm all in, uh, but it gives us more time. And he said, Timo knows we want him. Uh, we definitely want him for eight years. And I know Timo wants to be here for eight years. So I bet that contract gets done soon when both sides want something.
2: Well, especially like you got Hughes locked up. You got brought locked up. You, they got a lot of the Devils are going to be what they are for a long time.
1: Right. And that's great.
2: Oh, it's great for them. Yes.
0: Yeah, the fantastic thing is they have the room to do it. You know, it's not like it's uh, they need to go make all these moves and get a bunch of pieces. No, the Devils have cap space and they can fit Timo Mayer in there. It's just about getting him down to a comfy number.
2: And they got guys coming into N- Nemich. Yeah. Second overall pick. Oh my
0: God. I I wonder if they can if they squeeze him in under Hughes again. Like if 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 Fitzgell's like, nobody is making more than Jack Hughes, and that number's at eight million, which is absolutely crazy for
1: Jack Hughes for who he's gonna be, and if he's getting all of these guys under that number. I would say to I would say to them, listen, I'm I understand that Jack Hughes makes that, but that's his first or second contract. This Mm -hmm. is my third. I got to. I don't know. I'm sorry, but eight million is not enough, and you know
0: it's not. Give him the GM of the Year award. Well, second place, because Lou gets it every year. Give him the second place award for GM of the Year if Fitzgerald is able to get him under Hughes, because that would be
2: unreal. I mean, eight times eight makes some sense. Also, Hughes had less negotiating rights. (laughs) Even though he's a star, he's an RFA. But now that he's set that. Oh, Meyer's an RFA too, isn't
0: he? Yeah, he's an RFA, but the qualifying is so much. $10 million was way too much. But now that he's set that number, can he squeeze everybody in under him? Oh, boy. oh boy. Even if so if it's eight times eight, say say it's that, would you not just get him seven
1: point nine?
2: Yeah, but you're asking him to leave eight hundred grand. Yeah. Leave eight hundred grand so you can make less than
1: than a guy that we've arbitrarily <laughs> just, our team child. We've we've arbitrarily set this number. Yeah, so If our, I was Timo our, Meyer, I'd be like, that's nice for Jack Hughes, but our situations are not the same. No. You know his next deal is going to be fucking gargantuan. Yeah.
2: I was about to say Jack Hughes isn't even their captain. That's Nico Heischer, who makes even less. So maybe they're just a team full of fucking stellar contracts. I don't know. That's how the
0: Lightning built their team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the New Jersey Devils are trending in one of the best directions in the sport right now. Get good players. Lock them up. <laughs> yeah. Lock them up at cheap term. And then they grow into these contracts. And crazy. all of a sudden, these are on value contracts.
2: Now, what if we cheer for Meyer to get as much as possible? Well, I do. No, because yeah. like, why are we cheering for the team here? We're cheering for the player.
1: Yeah, why don't we cheer for the billion dollar organization, not the player that's going to... See gonna,
2: how fucking stupid that sounds? Uh, see how fucking dumb that I, sounds? Honestly, the cap does
1: kind of turn you against players that otherwise you wouldn't even have an opinion on. Yes. Like, does anyone... Oh, that's the if, devil's though. I don't if give we're, a shit. If we're a cap-free league or a luxury cap league, do we give a shit about Alex Kerfoot making three and a half? People oh. didn't like Alex Kerfoot because he made three and a half. That was part of it. People are mad. The reason Mitch Martyr trends every time somebody signs an extension is because people are still fucking mad about that contract. The I don't. Yo, you if mad you were Mitch Martyr, you would
2: have signed it too, bro. What are you so mad about? I don't yeah. think there was a terrible, a terribly huge gap between Kerfoot and Engval, but one made a lot more than the other. Yeah. <laughs> also, Engval made a lot of dumb plays, but
1: well, so did Kerfoot. So
2: did Kerfoot. Um, yeah, the
0: cat. It sucks because you root for the team, but. The cap makes you unrationally upset at players yes. because it hurts your team. No,
2: it makes you rationally, right? Ra- yeah, <laughs> because you have a rationale for why you want the player to make less. So be
1: rationally upset at the team that offered the deal. Yeah, who offered them the contract? How many times have we done this? I don't know. Anyway, let's keep let's moving. <laughs> keep moving. Um, so Karel Vemelka, who's one of the most sought after goalies, uh, I think Friedman was saying uh, that that St. Louis if they decide to make a move, because they're not going to keep that situation the same.
2: Bennington in Arizona would be crazy.
1: Um, but Karel Vimelka had some stuff to say about the Arizona Coyotes on a Czech podcast over the weekend.
2: Ooh, I'm just gonna, I had to make 50 saves a fucking game, and I'm sick of it. Uh,
1: so they... they uh, Here's how they... I had to get this translated from Czech. Uh, but it, <laughs> here's here's the... Uh, well, Google. <laughs> uh, but it was just... Here's the, the sort of... They, they talk a little bit about... Um, how he's a Czech goalie for the Czech national team. Uh, coyotes uh, worked with Kerry Lennon in the national team. And he's talking a little bit about that. And then, um, And then the popularity of hockey in Arizona is one of the subjects Whoa. that they touch on. And here's the quote okay. that's making the rounds. Okay. I don't think there was a single sold out game this year. What? The pricing is stupid. $160 for the cheapest ticket in a university arena.
2: Mm. That's what he said.
0: Mm. What?
2: Dude, I'm telling you, I've said this for years. The European NHL players go home and they don't know how to act. (laughs) No, they know exactly how to act. They just talk. They give the best interviews as soon as they uh, are allowed to speak in their mother tongue. Yeah. Remember Kucherov? Yeah. Goes home, talks shit about Kalorn. Then they win a couple cups together, but oh, dude, that's oh, keep going.
1: Isn't that a crazy? Keep quote? going. Yeah. So, uh, the podcast is. Uh, oh,
2: that was it. Very
1: yeah. That's all we got. Oh,
2: whatever. That's all it was we good. Got.
1: Um, uh, and and the the title of the podcast, I think it's called "At the Roundtable," but uh, Corel in check. It's called "At the Roundtable." Uh, Russians should not be at the Olympics. Uh, and they also talked about how coming out is still taboo in hockey as well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They talked about a whole lot. A whole lot of stuff. I honestly just wish that... uh, Yeah, it's called At the Roundtable. And it's hosted by somebody named Martin Krenzel and Patrick Fiala. So uh, it's all in check, but it's all there. And I thought that was a really interesting... The the reason it's interesting is we haven't heard anybody say anything. Except you hear whispers, players telling their agent, can you get me out of here? It is illegal to say mean Uh, things about the Coyotes. It is. and and, I hope he's around. And people get on you every time. It's like, oh, like... There's people out there like, oh, that's not true. That's not true. It's like, at, okay, at a certain point, the 20th guy suggesting that they maybe don't want to play like this. Huh. Like you work your whole life to play in a university arena?
2: I don't think so, man. V- Vimelka criticizing uh, the attendance of an Arizona Coyote game? Typical Canadian media. I know. <laughs> I'm so sick. We get that shit a lot. I don't typical know. Toronto reporters like Karel Vemelka. Criticizing the attendance of Coyotes. And
1: what would he know about it anyway? He doesn't have any first-hand experience. So sick He's up. never been down to a game at Mullet Arena. Stop punching down, Carrell. Uh
0: The Tampa Bay Lightning are selling a stake of <laughs> one, their team. One thing on, on the Coyotes' attendance figures, they, according to the NHL records, their attendance was sold out every game. Uh, they sold 4,600 4, seats, and their capacity was at 100% for every game. But just so people don't... Believe everything the NHL reports. That's just like tickets out the door from the box office. Well, it doesn't mean that's not the butts in seats figures. The there was also there's a lot of ways to get around that. I think yes. the guy who was in the arena for all those games might know a thing or two.
2: Many many years ago, uh, when the Toronto Marlies gave me an opportunity to cover them, oh seven oh eight, uh, there were and the Marlies were a tough sell back then. There were times where they announced the attendance on the speaker and i would turn around to the marley's guy uh the media guy trevor van otzenberg and i would just go trevor (laughs) and he's like what that's the number Mm -hmm. and i'm like trevor i'm looking at i can count them probably he now has two cup rings, by the way.
0: When the new regime that now is like in charge of the overall uh Jays Blue Jays organization came in, one thing they fixed from the mid two thousands, you know the era where they had like the cartoon Blue Jay T on yes. the Blue Jays uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing that was big throughout that era was counting all of the free tickets they'd give away in the in this uh attendance number for the Rogers Center. And that number was always inflated because if you ever attended a Blue Jays game during that era, tickets were like I don't know. They had Tooney Tuesdays. There were yeah. uh, some nights they were literally $2 to sit in the $500. And it was $2, that, $2 beers as well until people started fighting. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> had to get rid of that. They
2: lost their liquor license. The time.
0: But yeah. Yeah. you'd see on like a Thursday and you'd go down to the Rogers Center. It'd be maybe like 12,000 people if they're lucky. Bad. And the, but the announced attendance figures were like 20,000 because they gave away a bunch of tickets and nobody showed up for those free tickets. But now they've clawed that back and they have the actual like through the gates numbers uh, for their attendance figures and Arizona, they're given a not butts and seats numbers. They're given this 4600 tickets have been given out from the box office.
2: Worst I've ever seen. There was an Armageddon blizzard for uh mississauga steelheads game this is when it was the in arena host the announced attendance was 700 the announced didn't they just a- give away the tickets no yeah. and then they for said free. come to the game like it was only like 90 minutes before the game but they're like if you come to the game it's free
1: which Walk they wouldn't the even door. recommend now because it's like you're dr- you're asking people to drive in a snowstorm yeah, yeah like you shouldn't do
2: that <laughs> if, if there were 30 people there i'll eat my pants wow dude there was no one there
1: well, and it doesn't mean that there's nobody at Coyotes games, and it doesn't mean that there's no Coyotes fans. I shouldn't have to fucking qualify this every time we talk about it. But stop trying to sell me on the fact that it's good. Uh, the players don't think it's good. And here's the first one to come out and say it. They just didn't say it in English.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll take it a step further. Uh, Arizona is a perfectly viable hockey market, and the Coyotes, at every turn, fuck it up.
1: There you go. Uh, the Lightning are selling a stake of their team for a valuation of 1.4 billion dollars. That is the current record valuation because none of the valuations of the of the even bigger clubs like the Rangers and Leafs um, they have not been made public recently because nobody's been selling a stake.
2: Je- Jesse, do you got a tenner?
1: No, I don't no. carry
2: cash. Oh fuck. All right. Well, I guess I'm not buying the Lightning.
1: So Actros or Arctos, excuse me, is an investor in the Lightning as well as the Minnesota Wild, Pittsburgh Penguins, which would be Fenway Sports Group and the New New Jersey Devils. NHL policy allows for private equity stakes of a maximum of five different teams. This purchase uh, would push um, their stake in the Lightning to 20%. I guess they already owned a little bit of it. It required a waiver from the NHL to make happen. Uh, Jeff Vinnick bought the lightning in 2010 for $170 million. Wow! So when I tell you their franchise values have gone up 10 times in the last decade, I'm literally being serious. Wow. 10 times. Um, and, uh, yeah. So have it, the lightning done well, private equity stakes at teams are capped at 20%. That's the most you can own as a private equity firm. Okay. And, and also like multiple owning multiple different teams. This happens a lot more than people think. Um, And I guess that's just like, it's like the pension plan when they own the Leafs. It's not, it wasn't because they were Leaf fans. They just wanted to make a pile of money. It's like, ah, we like, we like a money cannon. How about we buy that money cannon? That's what they did. And And the Lightning have done extraordinarily well to earn that as well. But it's fascinating that right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that didn't exist 35 years ago, are considered publicly the most valuable franchise in the sport until you go and you do evaluation of some other
2: teams the fans are happy the players are happy the players win there's great places to stay around there and i mean you've seen it's a heck of
1: a oh it's such a fun place to see a game
2: get a good owner
1: get a good owner um currently the leafs and rangers are you know sportico and a lot of these places do um they do sort of like uh like what we think it's worth or whatever the Leafs and Rangers basically trade spots every year. One year it's the Leafs, the most valuable. The other year it's the Rangers, it's the market, it's whatever, it's the history. But they're supposedly up in the 2.2 to 2.5 billion, depending upon who you look at.
2: So, did you see the report that Michael Jordan is selling his stake in the Charlotte Hornets? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you see that it was 3 billion? Mm hmm. The Charlotte Hornets are worth more than the Rangers or Leafs. And
1: didn't he buy a stake for $100 million or something? Yeah, about that. $160 or something like that. And that's sports rights, too. Like, the, the TV rights have gone up through the roof. Yeah. So,
2: when we... Earlier in the show, when we do things like praise the NHL for the job they're doing in Vegas, mm-hmm. this is why we still hammer the league in comparison to the others. Because it there could be that big. The, the Char- Charlotte Hornets no are
1: a
0: bottom five NHL... Fran- uh-huh. or an NBA franchise.
2: He, so... Yes, the NHL has expanded, and yes, valuation is going up and blah, blah, blah. You're being lapped by your peers, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. were, even with the NBA once upon a time, now they're way, way, way ahead of you. And that needs to be factored in, especially with MLS potentially
1: oh, yeah. I mean, passing like, I, the NHL. What it, so David uh, David Beckham, I was reading this morning, He when he came over to the MLS, he had an option in his contract to start an expansion franchise and that is capped at 25 million. So when he retired, he could go to the MLS and go, I have an investor group, and, and our expansion fee is going to be 25 million no matter what. Because he came over and he brought notoriety. You went to the game and get that's when TFC were terrible. And there was what was the chant? Oh, you could stick your David Beckham up your
2: ass. <laughs> like yeah, that. Yeah.
1: So David, so so later on. David Beckham goes okay. um, So the franchise values a few years later are closer to maybe a hundred million. Okay, he goes back to the league and he goes, actually, I'll do that for twenty-five million. Mm -hmm. And he starts Inter Miami. I didn't know that was his team. And Inter-Miami is the one that just, and they're a bottom feeder. They just brought Lionel Messi. Messi over.
2: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: So isn't that, and and like, so just by signing Messi, and I know they gave up like some of the Apple rights and some of the, like the Adidas, you know, whatever, yeah. Messi gear gets mm-hmm. sold, whatever, who cares? Think about if David Beckham with Lionel Messi on his roster sold what Jeff Vinnick just did, 10%. Yeah. I mean, are they worth a billion? They must be. I don't know. I don't know.
2: Yeah, like
0: there's a lot of praise being handed down to uh, Gary Bettman for this evaluation of the Lightning, being like, oh, look how many billions for the Lightning. But that should be three times what it is if he grew this this league correctly over the last 30 years. The
1: NHL was in a better financial place in the 1980s than the NBA. It was ahead of basketball. (laughs) Into the 90s. It got lapped triple now. And you look at a
0: bottom-feeding team like the Bobcats, uh, Pat Charlotte Hornets, sorry, Bobcats, uh, Charlotte Hornets passing the Lightning, who are uh, the last evaluation by Sportico of NHL franchises, the Lightning, were 15th. So they're about middle of the pack.
2: Sports is about comparing yourself against your peers, right? So like if you show up, like if, if I don't know, Austin Matthews shows up at a random rink on a Wednesday and just starts lighting up. Everyone in that building. We don't then declare him the best hockey player in the world. It's when he's playing against the other best hockey players in the world. So if we're gonna compare leagues here, yes, the NHL's number is going up, and that's wonderful. The NBA is <laughs> kicking the shit out of them, yep. and the MLS is starting to do a better job. Well, the MLS is catching them. Yep. Catching them. They're not they're not starting to do
1: a better job. They're going to catch them. They if cannot compete, keep on this way. They cannot
2: compete with the MLS's growth. So, yes, they've done some good things, but like they're gonna have this huge bloated league, just because they're trying to get you know all the all these. I wouldn't teams. call it bloated. I'm happy with
1: 35 teams. The population's bigger now. Yeah, six teams. Yeah, like you're comparing like literally when people in the 1990s said that Damian Cox was a big one of this. Like hockey peaked at 93. Had nothing to do mean? with the Leafs going to fucking, you know, going to the Western Conference Final. Right, Damien? Um, uh, <laughs> nothing to do with that. Uh, oh, yeah. There's just too many players or too many teams and the players are bad. Bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit. If you, I got
2: a really nice message from him in my last day.
1: Did you? No. Um, when you look oh. at population growth <laughs> per capita growth, absolutely leagues can support that many. Absolutely. I don't mind the NHL doing that. Yeah. I, I just want them to take this fabulous game that they have and market it properly yes. that's all i'm asking yes uh last thing before we go or do you want to do a press conference Jeff? last thing before we go uh-huh is uh i sent it to you on text i wanted to show you the ultimate if steve dangle was a bazillionaire this is what he would buy okay Ooh. this is a mansion that's for sale it's for sale for 50 million dollars it's in new york new york well not new york city well, that's like um features a basketball court a bowling alley three uh par three golf hole and an indoor golf simulator and i'm sure that you could fit a hockey arena somewhere in there or outside
2: i would freeze the pool i would freeze the indoor pool
1: because they have an indoor and an outdoor pool there's also a sports bar a wine cellar uh coffered ceilings for anybody that is in design and cares um absolutely stunning and i just thought there's steve Dangle the billionaires uh place to live
2: who owns this the great gatsby with <laughs> f- who
1: lives here? apparently there's a lot of mansions like that in like upstate new york but like like real do you crazy leave, money
2: do you leave your mansion i don't think i would
1: like why would you you'd be like
2: do i because you're leave? a human being cause Cause it's life, weird to stay in one cause, place because life
1: is always better at your mansion than anywhere else right yeah why would why, why would go you go
2: people? well so i've been told adam
1: i would i would think i don't know so my rich friend adam (laughs) tells me (laughs) my millionaire like like,
2: yacht did you get the
1: mclaren up to the living room the mclaren is not in the living room yet not in the living room yet we're still weighing options okay but uh yeah anyway i just wanted to show you the 50 million dollar (laughs) sports mansion Mm -hmm. they're expecting the owner to be just outside of oshawa
2: just outside oshawa in fact, there's still some land there. You could do that yourself. There is actually one cartoonishly huge house in Oshawa, and I it, have no idea who lives there.
1: Let's look up the address. I love doing that. No. House. Let's leave the that them shit? alone. Let's go. Leave them <laughs> alone. I don't want to. I want to know if it was on Realtor at some point. And then I'm I can gonna look go at the there. Ha- and then I can look at the pictures
2: and go click, 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 click. I'm going to go there for Halloween. Yeah? I'm going to be like, do you do full size chocolate bars? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. There
1: were those houses. There were yo, those houses. Yo, the, ha- the houses that drove me nuts were the people that dropped the fucking. Coke can or whatever in in your like it was like this is too heavy don't give me pop
2: frig off yeah yeah no and and hey as a huge lover of chips don't give me fucking chips oh the Humpty Dumpty chips (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for the two and a half chips in this fucking bag. Listen, man, I it's worked just, I worked at a
1: drugstore. I can guarantee you they're several years old.
2: Yeah, guarantee. Yes, they're doing a lot of complaining complaining
0: about free food and candy Yeah, Halloween. Oh, what's wrong
2: with you? No, oh, I never I have complained tastes. about it. I have elite tastes. But like you're taking up space in my trash bag. There was one golden Halloween year. I don't remember how old I was, but it was the only year I ever filled an entire trash bag, brought it home and went back out. I ate that food till the summer.
0: And the whole way you complain. No. No, these guys gave me Reese and I like Kit Kat more. But it is how I hurt my back. (laughs) Steve. I I want the specific candy that
2: I like. Okay. It couldn't all be you. Like don't give me ruffles long, i like doritos fantastic four limbs and just stand in one spot and reach all the different houses on the streets because you're eight foot nine foot ten foot yeah, yeah. do you oh, know what i did here i um, it wasn't that great
1: <laughs> i left a bowl out uh and i was like you know like left a note like please take one because i couldn't be. why would I was you do that because i wasn't I was old. old that's the worst and, idea and on the doorbell cam first kid yeah <laughs> Whoever gets there first gets the bowl. First kid. First kid. That's that's the rule. You get there first, you get the whole bowl. Oh man. You've never Uh, been (laughs) ten? what's wrong with you guys? (laughs) I was the kind of ten year old who would have just taken a Yeah! Yeah. You you would have taken one? I would not have taken the whole bowl. I would have been nauseous with guilt.
2: Yeah. Me too. I honestly like Remember, Jesse, for the first number of years of my life, I was convinced. Uh, I would go to hell for that sort of thing. (laughs) Same. Yeah. So You both went to Catholic school.
0: Yeah, but I was also 10, and 10-year-olds don't have feelings.
2: No. No, I had fear. I was a scared 10-year-old. The church got to you? Yeah. I still, like, I think God's a little more chill than that now. (laughs) But back then, I was like, if I take this coffee crisp, I'm going to burn for eternity.
1: All right, let's wrap it up, Jess. Oh, it's a fun time. It was a fun oh. time.
2: I was I was waiting for the press presser. Well, i got going to ride a kayak tomorrow.
1: I know oh, we're yeah, doing that with virtual 5K. That. Yeah, I'm, we got to figure out how we're going to do that. Are you ready? Nope. Kayak's been in my truck for several days now. People are asking me if I'm starting a new life. I'm going to run in hockey equipment.
0: S-D-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W.Y.L.D.E. And at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.